<laughs> well, exactly. It's like my mom, she always told me, don't use the word idiot because it's too strong. Use some, you know, other word. You can still call yourself stupid. Idiot is too strong? Yeah. Wow, that's tough. Yeah. Like, we really got to be gentle on ourselves, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, the thing's recording now. Great. You're coming off there good. I am. Yeah, you're nice and loud in there as well. Okay. Uh... All right, so uh, we've been recording for a while. As a I feel like I'm slouching. Am I slouching? I, am. I worry about my posture a lot yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, because you know, uh, when I, I actually have some problem with my back, I don't know what is it called in English. Your booty. Yeah, <laughs> my booty in the trunk. <laughs> no, my booty is fine. Junk in the trunk. Uh-huh. <laughs> Junk is in the trunk. <laughs> no, but my actual backpack, like that's fucked up. Oh really? What from? It's always been like that, or what? Yeah, yeah. Just ever since you're a kid, you're a poor little crapper crouched over yeah. Olga in yeah. the playground. Yeah. Come play with us, Olga. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I should do an introduction. Oh, okay, do it. Right, good, yes. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> this is episode 32 of Comedy Guy with Louis Zazaran, and I am here with my friend and comedy Estonia comedian, Olga Loshenko. Am I saying that right? Uh, Almost. But Repeat for my stupid Australian accent. Repeat for me. It's Loichenko. Loichenko. Okay. Like, hey, like, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, in Estonian, it's Loichenko, yeah. I was considering today, like, when I try to speak Estonian words, like, mm-hmm. if I put that accent on, like, yes, come, sure, what if I put Louis. Like, you say that's a fucking stupid accent, right? But I put it to you, what's the worst accent? Me doing that accent or me trying to speak Estonian with my stupid Australian accent instead? I don't know. I haven't heard you speak it in Estonian with your stupid Australian accent. I would really want to hear that one day though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But... I don't very much. I was milking it on stage last night because... You were? Yeah, I was talking about going to uh, Noor. Noor. Noor? Oh, you mean the... The the place. The restaurant? No, not Noor. (laughs) See, (laughs) See, this is the problem. (laughs) All right, this is the issue. The place outside of Tato, no. No? N-O dash squiggly O. Yeah, let's go with no whatever. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know I milk nope. it up. I know I turn it off because I can't say it correctly. So. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Anyway, mm-hmm. yes, good pronunciation. Welcome here. I'm glad you could come on. I'm glad you could. Well, I'm glad I'm here. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> you're, and you're all right. So, we, I asked you to come on here for a whole bunch of reasons. One... Well, yeah. most because you're a comedian yeah, and also because you're going to Australia soon. Yeah. So, you're going to be leaving for the fair shores of my country. I'm keen to hear about that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, talk about stand-up comedy and where you're coming from. And, mm-hmm. and so, I can corner you and make you the ambassador for all co- women in comedy. Yeah. And you have to answer all questions about this situation. And uh, Yeah. I love being the ambassador for <laughs> someone, <laughs> some group of people. For anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and Olga, if you're watching on our video at home, Olga's bought us cake. We're eating cake. Let's eat yes, cake. we are. Can what I cake, now explain? Okay, 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 what cakes okay. have we got? Okay, so this is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this cake is a uh, Nutella brownie cake. Yeah, it's good. It's like good. And then this one is, uh, well, if you translate it from Estonian, in Estonian it's susulav chocolatikok, which means just like chocolate cake that melts in your mouth. I mean, it's awesome. Okay. I mean, uh, I don't even know which one of these is better. I mean, uh, mm. And you work at the cafe, you sell I these. I do. Okay. I really do. You do like your, your work at the cafe, I can say. Well, yeah, well, you mean, <laughs> you get cakes <laughs> and coffee. 
and then tea for those who don't who don't drink coffee. I know I'm trying not to drink the coffee after, no, it's fine. You know, after it's midday. Fine. It's fine. I'm not trying it's to be hipster. You know, no, it's fi- it's totally fine. At least it. at least you didn't say chai latte. <laughs> yeah. Or nah, what been. is what is a chai latte? All I know is it's that powder that you put in. Is yeah, that that's is? pretty much what we do. We put mm. in the powder and then we put the milk and then voila. And that's it. And what what is chai? I don't even know what the fuck that stuff is. Tea. Tea. Okay, but it doesn't work like regular tea. It's a powder that you dissolve. Is oh, it yeah, tea yeah. in a bag? Or yeah, something? yeah. No, it's not in a bag. But in some cafes they do it in a bag. Mm. But uh, <laughs> that's good. Uh, but. They, well, it's based on like some black tea or green tea or whatever the fuck tea. I don't know because I don't actually know. It's when people ask me also, how much sugar is there? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) What am I, the nutritional guy? Get the fuck out of here. I don't don't know. Although I am well, like everyone who wants to buy chai latte from me, buy it. It's fine. I will make it with a smile on my face. Mm Mm-hmm. But you're not going to tell them how much sugar in there. You'd have to look at the no, thing. Exactly. Those things have loads of sugar. I'm sure they that's have. the thing. They're really yeah. sweet. And every mm. time I take the... Because we have four different tastes, okay? okay. We're not playing around. Okay. <laughs> like, we have one taste of coffee, but we have four tastes of chai latte. How many tastes of coffee can there be? Or if you just put syrup in there, is that what you mean? No, I mean, like, uh, what kind of blend? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't think the grandmas who come to your cafe want blends. No, they Are, just want black coffee. Yeah, am I over-stereotyping your customers that they all seem like no, grandmas? No, well, no, I also Finnish people. Okay, because it's yeah. at, the, at the Balti Arms, exactly. so you get a lot of Finnish people. We get coming. a lot of Finns, yeah, yeah. Are so, you a fan of the Finnish people? <laughs> I am a fan of any people from any country. <laughs> but with Finnish people, it's funny because, well, it happens everywhere in Estonia, in the services uh, that they talk to you in Finnish. Mm. And I'm every time like, oh, dear imagine God. going to another country and automatically speaking your own language, assuming oh, fucking disgusts me. But I mean, uh, what can I say? Russians are also like that. <laughs> <laughs> so no, not all some Russian. I mean, not all Finns uh, speak in Finnish. It's the mm. same like with Russians. There are people who speak in English with you, uh, but with yeah, it's funny because with Russian I can handle it. I I know Russian, but with Finnish it's like I don't, I don't ah coffee, oh, yeah coffee, hey. I get it. But then they just continue and very fast and i'm like i don't know i don't know yeah okay they're all have you noticed that in finnish culture there doesn't seem to be any woman over middle age who has long hair they've all cut their hair hmm. next time you're on the ferry or ne- i guess next time you're working check it out i should check it out next time i'm they've working all got that same short hair thing really? it's like as a country they've all given up Oh, come on. Like they've all, every, and every man as well. It's not sexist tr- thing. Oh, come well. They're not like men give up. They all give up after middle age. Finnish people don't want to be living in the 21st century. Well, I don't know. They are simple <laughs> farmers. At best, they're engineers. They're certainly not anything with business. And Finnish people don't, they wish they were living back in the 18th century when they could just be farmers, living in the countryside. They drink their vodka. They chop down a tree. They go, you know, the, there's the wife and they, and they speak three words a day if they're lucky. And then that's it. But you know what? They'd still be making more money than us. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They can be, the, you know, farmers speaking their three words, but still, they will come to Estonia and speak those three words to us. That does tell you something about communism, doesn't it? That mm. the, you know, those simple farmers now earn way more mm. than Estonians. Yeah. They don't want to. They're no cleverer than us. No. Just because they didn't have the communism. Well, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we, I guess, hustle more. 
wanted more. Thank you, Hansomo. I don't. I, when I was working as a tour guide, I had one Finnish woman on my tour, and she said that for her, and those are her words. <laughs> that is not your words, okay? This is her, <laughs> her words. words. <laughs> Hashtag calm the fuck down, everybody, <laughs> exactly. when you hear this. That for her, it seems that Finnish people have stopped trying so hard that i mean they are just you know living their lives mm. and estonians uh, they are more like they are hustling more because uh, we wanted more because we don't have what they have and so it was for her refreshing to come to estonia and um I think so if you're outside of like the center of helsinki and even then it's fucking debatable like life just falls off the edge i don't know i've never been i've been to helsinki only twice one time when i was 15 second time last year what were we doing last year in helsinki I had a work thing there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Was it just a day? Just a no, it was trip? three days. Mm. We went to different places where they teach Finnish to people. Yeah. Were you learning Finnish or what was this? Oh, was this your previous it was, job? Yeah, my previous job with, with the founda- foundation. What was your previous job? What did you do there? Uh, officially, I was the head of the research dip, uh, department at the Integration Foundation. Mm. <laughs> now you're going to ask me what is integration? In, well, actually, I was going to ask you between what cultures were you integrating or everyone well, integrates? Lewis, everyone integrates. <laughs> yeah. There's like a sleazy nightclub pickup mm-hmm, line. Mm-hmm. Come to Club Venus, everybody integrates here. <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> Although Venus, oh. Although I'm not giving Venus uh, enough credit because I've never been there for actually like, you know, party. I once entered and then I exited. <laughs> I've never stayed there the whole night, so I don't know yeah. what what happens there. I mean, it could be class. It looks classy. What can I say? It exactly. looks hundred percent. Exactly. I mean, the sign. The sign. The sparkly bits. Exactly. I love sparkling stuff. Mm. I I mean, I cannot wear sparkling stuff because then, you know, I feel like peer pressure. People will tell me that oh, <laughs> you Russian, and I'm like, hmm. <laughs> you don't want to be a Russian stereotype. Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, why no. you know? Why, why do why not you want your culture, Olga? I don't know is why it? my culture. <laughs> my culture. My culture is great. <laughs> oh dear God. Ah. <laughs> uh, where did you grow up? What suburb? Oh, Rockvara. Oh, Rockvara. Okay. Mm-hmm. What suburb of Tallinn? Rockvara. Okay. Makes exactly. Sense. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that suburb. <laughs> no. Yeah, Rockvara. What was it? What was there to do in Rockvara when you were growing up? Mm, well. Uh, um, I'm sure there was a lot more than what I did. Uh, I just went to like dancing classes and went to like kind of like art school. Shout out to Athena Kutstikor. <laughs> Everyone in school, whoop, whoop. No, I mean, hanging out with friends, going to the stadium, hanging out there, mm, okay. going to your friend's place, you know. Small town stuff. Not drinking and not smoking shisha or anything. Really? Just, you know, small no. stuff stuff. Exactly. Okay, you were. You're being sarcastic. Okay, <laughs> fine. You were drinking and smoking. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't I didn't drink alcohol till I was over 18. Which is good. It took me three months till I kind of went, oh, wait, I could drink alcohol. You know. That's how sheltered is, I was. Which, which is, you know, maybe, maybe I would be a different person nowadays if I had waited. Or, you know. <laughs> waited. Know. This is not chastity before marriage. Jesus. <laughs> Be a better person. Been held back from your early days of alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. But yeah. There isn't much to do in the countryside. The other day, that's what we were saying. This The, the place we're trying to pronounce, the Nur, Nur school, out past Tartu. Nur, uh, Nur. I have no idea. Nur? No. Mm. No, right, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I always pronounce Estonian words too slow as well. I'm trying to like... 
sound them out and get the letters correct where it's yeah. more like it seems you just got to say them yeah, you gotta and just, hope for the fucking best yeah. and hope that they understand. I mean, what I did in Spain was I would just say the word very quickly and the ending the ending of the word I would be just slurring because <laughs> I just thought they will just figure it out themselves. And, and did they figure it out themselves? They did. Hmm. Exactly. I was like, I get on. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, at this school. So I'm giving this school, this talk at this school for year nine what students. Is what is that? Oh, year nine, ninth year nine. grade. Ninth grade. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> year nine. Yeah, ninth grade. And um, it was at the, the middle school element, not the, apparently the high school there is quite well known, mm-hmm. but the middle school, not so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was 20 boys, mm-hmm. two girls, mm-hmm. and they were wildlings. It mm-hmm. was tremendous. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, there's nothing to do. Like you would go like, nah, it doesn't seem like that much countryside. It's only yeah. 15 minutes or something, 20 minutes from Tato or something, mm-hmm. but it was, it was like nothing to do. There's one corp in the town and then that's it. And of course, mm-hmm. these little kids are wild. Mm-hmm. Then you got divorce rates. Mm. So there's like three fathers between 20 kids mm-hmm. pretty much. <laughs> so they've got no male, no male teachers. Bar- right. I, I don't know. I think barely any male teachers. Yeah. No parents hanging around. No yeah. fathers. So these boys, they're good. Like they're good kids, but they're wildlings mm-hmm. right out there. And mm-hmm. the teachers like, we know. Just in case, I will say that Rakhvara is not exactly like the place you're describing. No, no, yeah, so it's not like that. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it's not. Yeah. You're, you're more, more civilized. We're more civilized. I feel like not that to... I'm trying to say anything bad about No, if that's the name of the place. Uh, but, I mean, in Rakhvara, I just didn't do that much. Other kids did stuff. Like, there, we have theater. People would, like, take, like, go to acting class. I, I'm now defending Rakhvara. I know. I know. Because I'm actually very proud of my hometown. <laughs> But yeah, <clears throat> as you were saying, oh, sorry, <laughs> it's a nice place to grow up. Anyway, I like this cake. Oh, I'll, yeah. try, I'll try your one. Wait, so try this, that one. Yeah, so good. This is the... Yeah, mmm, it's good too. Yeah, good cake sour. Oh, yeah, mm. I wasn't bullshitting when I said they're good. I'm gonna be tripping off this sugar for the next mm-hmm. two hours of this podcast. Probably be bouncing off the walls. Probably. Mm. I mean, who needs drugs when you have sugar? <laughs> uh, I got the tea. This is great. This is the reason I invite you on the podcast because you bring all the the food along with you. Mm. Okay, nice. Now I know why I'm here. Oh, that's it. That's the only reason. Yeah, why else yeah. could it possibly be? Yeah. Um. By the way, mm. Rakvara, but you grew up also in a small town. I did. Yeah, so you know the small town life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hated it. Okay. Well, I don't know if I hated it. Because I enjoyed it a lot. Like, I know that in the future, maybe I will go back. Hmm. If I'll be, you know. Were you at one stage, part of your job, you were considering moving to Narva? Mm-hmm. I just thought you were Russian and you were like, I must go home. <laughs> I, must, <laughs> I must go back to my people, like, but not that far. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> one of my friends thought that I'm from Rasnama. When I told her a couple of times, I'm from Rakhvara, okay? But since uh, at the time I was living in Lasnama, she thought I'm from Lasnama, but... Yeah. Stereotypes. Yeah. Cruel, cruel well, stereotypes. Well, maybe there was just miscommunication going on. But yeah, the whole Narva thing, yeah. Okay. No, it was cool to live there. Oh, you lived there for a while. Was it six months or something? One month. One month, okay. <laughs> I mean, it was supposed it to was be cool forever. It was for one month, wow. <laughs> okay, you really sampled the local culture, didn't you? One month. Well, you well I mean... The town is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And uh, is there more to do in Rockbetter than there is in Narva? That's a good question. Hmm. Well, 
I don't actually know since I was in Narva only for one month and uh, I wasn't paying maybe that much attention to what was happening in the town itself. Okay. I know that through my work, there were some like things to do or places to go to or like events. But I don't know if the town itself, like I don't. Well, they they have the quiz nights. Those are really fun. Oh, it's nice. Yeah, okay. yeah, those are really popular there. And uh, I sang karaoke there one night. That was fun. You know how much I love karaoke. I heard. Is it true? Did I understand this or not? That when Apollo Cinemas opened up there recently, they didn't have a cinema before that. No, they didn't. Really. Yeah. It sounds, I mean, as much as I don't like Apollo in any way whatsoever, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess good on them for taking a cinema to Narva. Okay. Uh-huh. It's like a nice side effect of their monopolistic fucking empire they're trying to build around this country. All right. Well, now, yeah. not even an old hall or, you know, like a. I think they might have had something. But a piece I'm of sure. Shit, right? I'm not like sure. a proper kino, like a proper cinema complex or something. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't exactly know. Mm. I don't, yeah. That, um, I don't know. Surprised me, like, wow, there's a big town without a cinema. Like, well, um, yeah, size wise, I think it's the third biggest, or uh, population wise, it has like 60,000 people or 50,000 people or something. Mm. So it's pretty big. That's the thing. When I was growing up in Rakvara, I wouldn't, I would never go to Narva. Like, I, w- I was always like, oh no. Why is that? What was it? Why? Because I think it's the that stereotype about Narva that people have that oh, it's a dangerous place. Whenever when at school I was playing dodgeball, well, like like it, a version of dodgeball. It's not yeah exactly dodgeball. Hit the Russian girl. Yeah, <laughs> and when Narva team or Kunta team would come to play us, oh, I was shitting my pants. Quite honestly, I was like, I understood what they were. They weren't saying even anything bad about us, but I was still like very scared, and I like spoke the language and everything, and no, and still I was just shaking whenever yeah, I saw them. Some tough dodgeball players in Narva, like they know how to throw shit at one another. Well, actually, in Kunta, we're tougher. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if there were that many people from Narva. But yeah, but uh, it's so funny. When I was working in Narva, my colleague, she said that when uh, they went for some kind of debate uh, competition or whatever to Tallinn with her schoolmates, uh, they went to Kopli and they were freaked out by Kopli. And then the kids from Kopli said, you're from Narva. Why are you scared? Because they didn't understand that that's what people think about Narva and Oh, that's their normal shit, right? Okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah, shows you how different the worlds are. Yeah, like that. I mean, okay, maybe it was different. You know, back in the day when you yeah. were growing up, maybe things are more understanding right now. But even then, like its own world. Well, it's yeah, still a little bit of its own world. It's it? a little bit, yeah. But it's it's a very interesting uh, mix of uh, everything there. Yeah. Everything, everything except Estonian. Oh, well, <laughs> they're trying. I mean, not what people they say themselves that yeah, they like speak Russian, but well, okay, not maybe every Narva person says that, but in their head, like the mentality or whatever, they're from Estonia. I don't know. You saw Nublu's video, so you saw what's happening there. <laughs> That's how we're all getting our information and updates about the. We're not looking at the ERR anymore or anything. The online portal's delving up. Nublu's videos. Nublu, we don't know what's happening and not, buddy. You're going to have to go back. Okay, right. Don't come care. Come on. Come on. Another when song, you, man. When I heard him speak in Russian, I was like, oh, no. He's half Russian, probably. The way he pronounces his, like, Z, uh, letter. Yeah. And yeah, and I thought, oh, that explains why he's like. Well, that so, motherfucker should be rapping in Russian and making way more money than he can in Estonia. Then. Yeah. 
He should be over the border, dude. Go make some money. Well, like, I mean, he's got some money, but go, dude. Go, go to Russia and make loads more. Then that's my yeah. professional advice. Get the, yeah. any artist in Estonia. Get the fuck out of this country. Go do it with someone. Place if that's what you're on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I did grow up in a small town mm-hmm. as well, seaside village. Mm-hmm. That's why I say it looks like home in a way. Mm-hmm. That's. Um, yeah, we had one cinema screen when I was growing up. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, and then, <laughs> you know the song. Yeah. Do they do they dub Home and Away? No. Or only. I think there there was oh crap I don't remember even because I was watching it in the nineties when I was a kid, mm. and no, I, don't, I was watching it back in the day. Well, there you go. Okay. Um, um, I I hope your version was uh, not dubbed into it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I hope. (laughs) I can understand if you can't understand those Australian accents. Oh, gee, Alf, we've got to go down the sport club. The fucking surf's up and then we're going to... But, you know, for some reason, in my head, I remember as if I I understood their English. Mm. Maybe they were dubbing into Estonian. Maybe. Yeah. Otherwise, that's what maybe that's what helps everybody understand my accent. Maybe you're all somehow somehow accustomed to the Australian accent from Home and Away. But, you know, it's so funny. Home and Away was big in Estonia, but Neighbours... Was never big. Never big? No. I mean, what level of neighbors? You seem to know what you're talking about. I don't know. I don't, neighbors. Well, I only know the name. I only know that the, I think I, either Kylie Minogue or someone was I was, was going to say, are we, are we talking about Kylie Minogue yeah. level neighbors? I mean, that's our <laughs> yeah. OG neighbors. Yeah. Kylie Minogue, Jason Donovan getting married. <laughs> that was the biggest event of the 80s on well, Australian there you go. TV. Well, there you go. Mm. Uh, oh, wait, Jason Donovan. Is that the blonde guy who they had a song with? Yeah, he had like some of a career in the 80s as well. Mm-hmm. And then Kylie went on to greatness and he, I think, died of drugs or something. I don't know, probably. No, that's Michael Hutchins. Mm, no, I think no, he's but... alive because I think they performed. Because I was okay. watching Graham Norton and then I saw Kylie there and I think she was talking about him. <clears throat> so, yes. Yeah, but, Neighbors, yeah. Right, Neighbors. But Kylie also had a thing with uh, Michael Hutchins from In Excess. I have Do you know no In idea Excess? what that is. No Someone idea. Someone knows nothing about music. Oh, no, God. I don't. No, okay, I don't. another great Australian band. In oh, it's an extra. You know, I know only one Australian band, and it's uh, San Cisco. Uh, <laughs> they're like indie rock people. Okay. They're really. Are good. they current or? They're current. Yeah. Oh, that's why yeah. I don't know them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I live in this country and not yeah. Australia country yeah. anymore. Yeah. How did you discover this band? Uh, when I was younger, I was listening to a lot of uh, indie music because I thought I was too cool for, oh, uh, yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> and, and then I discovered them and I was like, damn, that's my jam. <laughs> mm-hmm. Was this your first uh, experience with Australia or was that Home and Away or when did you? Oh, Home and Away. I was feel like it? I okay. grew up with Australia. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's when you discovered there was this place and yeah. There was yeah. beaches and yeah. weird people and stuff over there. Yeah. Okay, so because you're going to Australia, yeah, right? and that's the thing, yeah. So twenty something at the end of the month, yeah, right, yeah. Okay, flights booked, and you're doing the yeah. year long working holiday yeah. visa, yeah, thing there. Um, unless I don't know, they deport me, or I don't find job or something. You gotta find a job. You're in Melbourne, the fucking mecca of cafes. Oh yeah, that is true. And I mean, I have such a bubbly personality, and <laughs> you can you can use this podcast as exactly. some sort of CV. Like I know about cakes. Exactly. I was bringing coffee. Let me talk I to can, you about. I can make a cappuccino, a mean cappuccino, and a latte, and a latte with mocha or whatever it's called. And uh, we love the flat white in Australia. You do? Oh yeah, big oh. on flat white. I mean, I'm 
It's not my favorite to make, but I can make it. Okay, you can yeah, work it. Okay. I can, I can, I can do it. I was so impressed when I saw the caffeine had flat whites here. Like it's just. Oh, we also have flat white. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh. Okay, I'm good. That's but good. I had a group of Australians the other day, and uh, they all ordered uh, Americanos, mm. and I was trying my best to make the best Americanos I've ever made. And I made six of them, and I was like so proud because they finished all of them. And I thought, oh yeah. How do you um, make a better Americano? Uh, like you just put the coffee. Isn't it just coffee and hot water? It is. But, you know, usually I just, you know, you're like, <laughs> you're like. With love. Loof, with love, exactly. And just, you know, with a lot of attention and, you know, whatever. I was trying to make <laughs> it really good. Because usually Estonians don't finish Americanos because they're not so that we we make Americano with two espresso shots, and I feel like Estonians are not used to it. Uh, you do you, is this a you your cafe? Yeah, because okay. it's too strong for them, so they don't finish it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Australians, I guess, are used to it. They're pretty wide on coffee. Yeah, we love it. Yeah, in Australia. There we go. Very big coffee culture. Yeah. So I can imagine they want their two shots. No. Yeah. That's all I have now because I cut down my coffee. Mm-hmm. So I just have a little bit of coffee and then I pour the whole hot water in the morning. Mm, okay. I wake up Daniel in the morning. Mm. Daniel's sleeping on my couch. Really? On the coffee machine. Really? Oh, yeah, it's great. We're like flatmates these days. It's great. Wow. You can make a, a wacky sitcom Wow. about us sitting around that, complaining that... about women. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. Well, that would be a fun sitcom. That wouldn't all be toxic. I know. <laughs> <laughs> But coffee in Australia. Yeah. Um, right. So you had the Australian. So you're going to, to Melbourne. Yeah. And like, where did this... Because there was a change in... Yeah. Like you you were working for the foundation mm-hmm. and then you went to... Was it Netherlands or Belgium for a ne- while? <coughs> Netherlands. It was Netherlands. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You're in Amsterdam. Yeah. No, no. I was in Tilburg, but I was oh, in... Okay. I was going to Amsterdam for either just uh, open Spoken mics week. or like... Mm, to explore the okay, city. Of course, as you would. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was in Tilburg. Okay. And was it after that you kind of went, actually, no, I'm not going to move to Narva or Helsinki or anywhere else. Mm. I need to go see some more shit. Well, um, Helsinki, who knows? Maybe in the future. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but uh, no, actually, the whole thing started when I uh, sp- sprained my ankle. And I was uh, living with my sister for a whole month and I was very, very down and some people would say depressed. I don't know if I would use that word. And It's okay not to connect with your emotions. I <laughs> exactly. <understand. laughs> exactly. And I just, uh, I realized for the first time that, uh, that something needs to change. Mm-hmm. And it was at the time when I was uh, like having problems with my VHD and I lost motivation, also my work, and uh, then I was also taking singing lessons and guitar lessons and stand-up and a lot of stuff, and I just thought, okay, uh, well, actually, I didn't think of it. My sister was like, okay, something, you know, you gotta do something. This was before or after the Netherlands? Before. Okay. And I actually, uh, I, w- I was thinking of not going to Netherlands and uh, because I quit my PhD before going to Netherlands uh, because I went there for my PhD. Oh, but yes. Yeah. But then I was convinced to go to Netherlands. I went and it changed my life. Hmm. Yeah. Is it like a last stand of your PhD? Like, I'm going to quit if I don't do something. Yeah. yeah. If I, I can get a trip and I can 
do something towards my PhD. Well, it was sort of my last hope to finish my PhD because uh, it was my fourth year already. And mm. I thought that, okay, I'll go to Netherlands. I'll get some help with writing my articles. I'll write my two articles and then my uh, thesis. And then that's it. I'll be finished. But then I realized that probably not going to be that easy. Yeah. And then, since I wasn't so motivated, I actually changed my research subject. At first, I was researching bilinguals, uh, and then I decided, oh, I'll research stand-up. And uh, I was reading a thesis about, like, doctoral thesis about stand-up, and I realized that, oh my god, I'll be spending, like, maybe two or three years researching stand-up, which means I cannot actually do stand-up, because I'll be spending all my time just, like, looking at others and analyzing them. And then I thought, oh, God, no. it's gonna be the fucking worst. Just yeah, sit there and analyze yeah. And can you imagine long. being a comedian and seeing someone just, you know, writing down stuff mm -hmm. and not telling you like, what, what am I writing down? And uh, at the same time, I would be performing too, and then be like, are you? What are? You? That's a bit sketchy. Mm -hmm. Performing your own and then trying to do your own and yeah. self-analyzing your exactly. own. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the whole idea of academically studying humor is just like, oh, blows my mind. Like, I oh. mean, it's interesting what uh, you can like, what they, what kind of conclusions they make. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I just realized that uh, I don't want to. I don't want to do it. At least not right now. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because I think to be a comedian, you've got to disconnect from that. Like, if you are. All the time, writing stand-up, performing stand-up, mm -hmm. but thinking about the deeper meaning of what's mm -hmm. happening and how it interconnects with all the different parts of mm -hmm. society, you'd be fucked. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you're not terrible, your brain will explode oh. with like trying to work. You have to be a bit dumb to be a comedian, I think. Like you have to just, like I think there has to be that level of, I'm just going to, I'm doing it. These are my thoughts. Oh, this yeah. is what I think. Well, yeah. I don't care or I'm just putting it out there but not like oh and then this has this implication for this well, yeah. cultural group and like Ugh. but that's the thing like last summer uh, that was uh, something that I was thinking about a lot like oh okay so I gotta do like like my stand-up needs to mean something like there has to be a deeper meaning and and like Estonians Russians oh I'll talk about the cultural differences and all that uh Maybe because I was also working at the foundation at the time, I felt like, oh my God, yeah, I have to do it. And then I realized that I was sort of limiting, my, not limiting, but I wasn't really, like it wasn't fun for me because it became too serious at one point. And uh, this summer I feel that I just started talking about what, I, like what I would laugh at. Mm. Like what, oh, sorry. <laughs> when comedians that I like, uh, like, like, yeah. Limiting yeah. is a good word for that. You paint yourself into a corner. Yeah. You're like, I have to, or it's like, I can only do intelligent jokes. Yeah, exactly. Because I thought at the time that, oh, okay, I'm the head of the research department. I'm in PhD. I have to make intelligent jokes. Mm. But you know what? I'm not actually that smart to make intelligent jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. And it's not, and I, and I would argue, like, if you watch uh, Bill Burr's latest mm -hmm. special, right? It's fantastic. And mm -hmm. it's great. It's the kind of, where Chappelle was trying to go, mm -hmm. but Burr does it better. Like mm -hmm. attack every PC, every Me Too, mm -hmm. every uh, social justice warrior topic mm -hmm. that's on today. But Bill Burr does it mm, in classic Bill Burr. Mm -hmm. But you watch it. He does, uh, how to say, current topic, mm -hmm. dick joke, current topic. Mm -hmm. Intelligent topic, dick jokes, boob jokes, that. Like you can, if you just say, I'm only going to do intelligent comedy, you yeah. end up like not being able to like... Yeah. It will, I think, remove the fun from the comedy eventually. Yeah. 
because you're like, no, I have to make a point or I have to I can only oh, talk yeah. about this. Like, no, just fucking make a dick joke for a while. It's yeah. fine. And even if someone, even if a comedian says, I want to do intelligent humor, you go, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. I would even say, why not? And you go like, well, I don't want to do those easy dick jokes. I don't want to do that simple men and women humor. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, cool. You don't want to do that. No problems. But there's a level that you need to be able to at that to be able to do yeah. that. So I put it to you. Why don't you just let yourself do some dick jokes, man? Do those men and women jokes. Do that stuff. Get laughs. Mm-hmm. Just get some laughs. Get rolling with your laughs. And then start swapping out. Uh, not so much then. More of a point, more of a oh, point, yeah. more of a point. Don't just go like, no, I have to be intelligent right now, right today. Yeah. Otherwise, nothing will work. But also for me, since uh, I started, like the first time I did stand up, I talked about how I almost shed my pants. <laughs> and I was so proud of that story. And I was so like happy when I was talking about it. But then I did another set about the swear words. And I got some feedback about that set. And then I thought, oh, okay, that's probably stupid. What's the feedback that you got? That it's, you know, like a 15-year-old is talking about like the, the, the swear words or sex or whatever. And then I didn't do that set for, I think, a year. And then this summer I did it again. And I fucking loved it. Yes. Yeah. But why did you... So you abandoned it because... I mean, someone said that yeah. they thought it was a bit juvenile or some yeah. shit like yeah. that. But, you know, people who know me that well, uh, well, really well, know that I actually have a very juvenile sense of humor. Really? I've never... No, I, never? That's completely no, unexpected no. from you. I yeah. can't imagine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, I always... I'm the person who talks about like what I'm planning on doing in the toilet. Like I tell my friends, like, I'm going to go pee. Oh, I'm going to, you know, poop. Like hmm. something. It's very important to talk about your poop. It is very important. I write a little morning diary. Oh. And one of the best topics I have is how my poops are going. Well, there you go. And, you know. There you go. Insight, last two days, Mm. tremendous. Mm. I've had a great couple of days on Mm. that front and I am jumping around. I've got a spring in my step. I'm feeling better from it. Well, there you go. You feel better, right? Mm. Everything's great. Better out than in. What is so good about being constipated? Nothing. Nothing is good about being constipated. (laughs) Exactly. You want to let everything out. Mm. By the way, is it okay if I take my shoes off? Be my guest. That's okay. Thank you. This is just our office. It's cool. Oh, thank you. Mm. I think every comedian has the story or the bit that they try and do when they're really new. Because mm-hmm. it means a lot to them or they really like it or you've got that one story that, you know, is probably pretty funny. But you end up doing it too early mm-hmm. and it's really hard to not do it. Like in yeah. your case, okay, maybe it was pretty good, but just you had a weird brutish friend or something who, who didn't mm-hmm. agree. But like you've got that one traumatic life experience that's going to be your thing. Like mm-hmm. this is it. This is my gold. Mm-hmm. Or uh, and. You, uh, as comedians, we try to attack it too early. Where actually, if you waited a little while for that, mm-hmm. then you would have maybe better comedic abilities well, yeah. to be able to, you know, approach that one better. Maybe. Is that too close? No, no, it's fine. No, no you've got good levels. You're good levels. <laughs> I don't no. know exactly which story you're talking about, but... No, I don't yeah. know. I can't remember yours. No, for me, for me, it's the one about my girlfriend at the time telling me that she blacked out from an orgasm. Like, oh. not, not mine. Oh, 
that she previously had and blacked that's your, out. And that's your traumatic experience. That's my traumatic experience. <laughs> oh is she God. previously had blacked out from an orgasm and I didn't even know that blackout orgasms were a thing. Well, there you go. I was like, this is not... I, I didn't even know that was a thing in the world. As a man, when you're like trying to be like, yes, I have the control. I know the things. I've done the sex once or twice. I know how to... The sex. I know how to do things. <laughs> Maybe I've seen pictures. I could yep. put my hands in approximately the correct place. Mm-hmm. And you think that you control your world as men want to do. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, I got told that there was something that not only that I can't do, mm-hmm. I had no idea even existed. Mm-hmm. And some other motherfucker had done that to my girlfriend. I was just out of this world with anxiety. Wow. You've lived a very, very, <laughs> actually good life if that is the most traumatic thing that happened in your life. <laughs> no, it's not the most traumatic. But I've... No, I have more traumas. <laughs> Bad things have happened to me. Oh. Uh. <laughs> um, <clears throat> did she? Uh, did you guys break up after that? Or no, 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 no. Because no? I was trying. Uh, the, the other part of it is it all happened on chat. Oh, it was happening over chat, so oh. I had to you know, play it cool. Uh. And no, it didn't come out until later because then also I couldn't communicate. She just thought, hey, like as a probably a reasonable fucking human mm-hmm. being, just thought, hey, it's fine. We're mm-hmm. discussing stuff where I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. freaking out. And then I started to Google that. Mm. Mm, that. That wasn't a good plan. The only video, only video <laughs> I could find. Oh, there the are only, videos. <laughs> the only video I could find yeah. at the time yeah. was some really grainy, home porno oh. with a big black dude fucking this little white oh, chick wow. and he was like giving the huh, 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 oh, huh. Wow. and then you just see this little white girl just go Ooh. yeah but is that real though who knows well look she seemed I mean, to pass out pretty actors. legit i don't know like it seemed pretty i don't know i don't know look look even in my brain even was not exceptional acting Okay. Oscar-winning acting. Mm. This big black dude pounds this little wow. white chick, and she just passes out cold, just like yeah. she's out for the count. And I'm like, oh, that was my girlfriend. I don't remember having a black boyfriend, but maybe <laughs> she did. Maybe only black guys can do it. I don't know. You how know, this that's works. such a stereotype about black people that they can make you pass out from orgasms. Oh no, that I want. You know, like people say that. Okay, actually, I don't know, but if I don't know if you watched Ali Wong's uh, special, I haven't. Oh, okay, Cobra. Uh, one is the Cobra Baby, I think, mm. and the other one is Hard Knock Wife, or it was the other way around, that the first one is Hard Knock Wife, and then the other one is... I forget the order, yeah. But yeah, anyway, I forget yes. the order, but she talks about her uh, boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, who was black and had, um, unfortunately, a small penis. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Stereotyped. So not every black guy has the big dick. Well, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a black guy, so I cannot say. <laughs> I cannot really say anything about that. I was so, I was so hoping you were going to come out with some juicy information. Then I don't know. I'm not a black guy. All right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I have a booger in my nose. <laughs> Uh, Are you single? (laughs) Well, (laughs) good that you asked. I guess I am, yeah. Mm, Yeah. It's unbelievable. I know, right? (laughs) Who would have thought with all that? Not not enough black guys in Estonia. Mm. Maybe that's it. So you're going to go to Melbourne. Yeah. Why did you choose Melbourne over other Australian cities? Um, 
Well, because, well, quite honestly, uh, because my sister's baby daddy, uh, he suggested Melbourne. I think he was the one who suggested Melbourne. I was like, mm. okay. And then uh, maybe it's even because Ari went to Melbourne. I don't know. Oh, he was there, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And uh, he talked about, you know, doing stand up there. And then. Mm. I, can't, I never came into any of this. Yeah. Sydney was great. I lived in. <laughs> let's not ask the fucking Australian that I know. No, I'm like some guy. He knows some things. He's heard, but we watched the Home and Away episode where they made a Melbourne reference or something. Yeah. No, how about the guy who lived in Sydney for five years? No, we're not going to. I didn't him. know that you lived in Sydney for five years for crying out loud. Something like that. Maybe five years. Maybe four years. I don't I'm know. Sh- um, well, did you enjoy it? Mm. Very much. Well, I don't want to be some Sydney Melbourne bullshit, but mm. Sydney's way more exciting. Uh, no, it's not. No, no. Melbourne, you, you probably like Melbourne. It's very cultural. Yeah, well, yeah. And in saying that, you're probably going to go down to Melbourne. Where I say it's cultural, you're probably going to go there and go, what a bunch of fucking bogans these people are. <laughs> because what I call cultural, I think, is on different levels. We're not Ooh. the smart people. Oh, you are so underestimating how uncultural I am. <laughs> True, uh, boogers up the nose, girl. Exactly. Okay. Because like, if we would be talking about theater in Estonia, I have no idea what's happening. I have no idea who the actors are. I have no idea. Like, uh, I like how people sometimes assume that since I'm from a Russian family, I know all the classic Russian classic lit- literature. Anna I know. Okay. It, well, I know Anna Karenina. I've never read. Anna Karen, I've Rihanna. seen the movie, uh, <laughs> but you know it's like it's very interesting uh, how people yeah assume that and and I'm like I have no idea who we're talking about or what we're talking about or what happened in that piece. I don't know. You're gonna fit in in Australia. I'm though. gonna so fit in. Yeah. We don't have the culture. We walk around with the flip flops. Oh, you got to call them thongs. They're oh. not. They're not called flip flops. They're gonna laugh at you. Call you a stupid European oh. if you call them flip flops. They're, really? they're thongs. I swear to God, thongs. not thong. The thong is this. The singular oh, is the okay. one you wear okay. up your bum. Okay, okay. That is consistent. We okay. have. I know. Thongs. I realize it doesn't make sense. I think it was because we've had thongs mm-hmm. for decades. Okay, like that's been a word for ever. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the the thong, the thing that mm-hmm. goes up your bum. Mm-hmm. This is a, a fairly recent invention. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to say two decades. I don't know. We've been we've been wearing. I don't like. I don't know. Well, how, how long have flip flops been around? Oh, since the invention of Australia. <laughs> really? Since Captain Cook fucking since set like foot. The, the first uh, settler, settlers came. Yep, they came yeah. off with fucking flip thongs. Mm. They they said, "Oh yes, put on your flip flops. We're about to get off on the newfound <laughs> land." And they got off and went, "Oh, these are our fucking thongs now, mate." <laughs> as soon as we all wear the thongs, we don't want the covered shoes. It's too hot. I want to. Is that like the official story? So when I'll go to Australia, I can I can tell yeah. everyone that. Tell them Captain Cook wore Captain thongs Cook. <laughs> to <laughs> Australia. He was wearing he them wore, on the SS he wore Endeavor. A thong and thongs. And thongs. Yeah, he had that little yeah. kinky side. Yeah. Why do you think he was messing with all these native people yeah, in different exactly. countries? There was, there was no cancel culture back then. You didn't cancel no. a captain sailing no. around the world. He could fuck no. whatever pygmies he wanted. Wait, was he country. eaten by someone? He died. He was speared somewhere in, I want to say, Tahiti or something. Oh, okay. Some years after. He made it back. He discovered Australia. He was sailing all around the place. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the fuck they did it back then. They were just like, yo, Captain James T. Cook. No, it's James T. Cook. Yo, Captain no Cook. Here's a, here's a big-ass boat, maybe mm-hmm. a couple more boats. Here's a crew. Just sail around the world and find shit. Okay, cool. Just go and explore things. And he sailed. I don't know. He found a bit of Australia. Mm-hmm. He found a lot. I think he... I don't know how far south he came. I think he might have found Sydney. Oh. I'm not sure. He definitely was up the top. You don't know who found or founded the, your beloved Sydney? No, I don't give a fuck. Oh. 
and I think he got back to England and then I think he went on a couple more trips and then I think it was he was speared by the natives mm. in Tahiti. I'm not even sure whether you're allowed to call them natives, but you know, yeah. you know the just indigenous people, people of, Na- of Tahiti. That's how Captain Kirk ended it. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure... Uh, no, Cook made it all the way down because there's things called Cook in Melbourne. Cook is a very mm. common thing. Really? He's our guy. He's our Columbus. Oh. Who kind of, you know, who, he, if you want to say one person found Australia, it was Captain James Cook. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. You can go, I know things now when you go down yeah, there. You know, I know things. I know. 1788. See, I, so, cause we, 1788. 78, okay, cool. No, no, 1788 was when the first fleet landed in Australia. So, uh-huh. Kirk, so Cook, not Kirk. I've been watching too much Star Trek. <laughs> They're basically the same in my mind. I imagined a guy with a tight blouse and he's yep. instead of sa- instead of cruising around the galaxy, yeah. instead he's sailing around the South Pacific, shagging yep. native girls yep. and finding new countries. James Cook is James T. Kirk, but yeah, from a previous where, generation. Where was his Spock? Who is Spock, sorry? Spock. Where was his oh. Spock? Uh, see, we don't know no one else besides that, right? We, we don't know. We got no... <laughs> Then the first fleet. So, so Kirk, so Kirk, Cook goes back to England and goes, "Yo, I yeah. found this place. It's yeah. huge. Uh, I think he circumnavigated it, but uh-huh. they didn't know what the fuck was in the middle. Mm-hmm. They were thought like they thought there was going to be a lot of water and shit in the middle of Australia. Mm-hmm. But like, no, whatever yeah. the opposite of water is, that's what's in the middle of yeah. Australia. And they went, "Why don't you? It's this place." And then they sent uh, a big brigade of ships. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to say it's like a se- 11 or 17 ships. And that was called the first fleet. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that landed at Sydney Cove in Sydney, mm-hmm. made the first uh, colonies. They had the convicts. Mm-hmm. They had the troops. Because mm-hmm. um, we didn't have a police. We just had the British oh. army. Wow. Which is why uh, I think that Australians, we're still quite adverse to the police. Mm. Like if I see the police officer, even here, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to meet the police officer. Really? Now I understand, logically. Yeah. That an individual police officer is a nice person. And every interaction I've had with an Estonian police officer, it's been great. No problems, right? They've been very mm-hmm. more than understanding yeah. to my ways. Mm-hmm. But it's just ingrained in my psyche. I don't want to meet the police. I'm going to avoid the police. Okay. I'll drive around. If Waze shows me that there's a police up ahead, I'll just drive streets around. Wow. I'm legit. I have a license these days. Yeah. I have... <laughs> A car, everything's legit. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing. I got nothing illegal in that car. Mm-hmm. Still don't want to interact with the police. I think it's because Australians, because originally mm-hmm. our police were the British soldiers mm-hmm. and they were not good. Okay. And we needed to have some uprisings. We had several uprisings in our time to wow. stand up against them. And Wow. So this is my trauma about wow. police. Where was so- Hugh Jackman at that time? <laughs> He was just hanging around. Uh, when Captain Cook came to Australia, Hugh Jackman was sitting there in a, a bikini chair, yeah. like a lounge yeah. chair. Yeah. Uh, he was sipping some sort of cocktail out of yeah. a pineapple. Yeah. Uh, nobody knew where he got. We don't have pineapples that south right? in Australia, but still he sat. Cause, uh, because he's Hugh Jackman. Well, Hugh Jackman's there yeah. in 1788. Yeah. He's just hanging out. Uh, he'd be working out, getting yeah. buff, working on yeah. his roles that were yeah. coming up, you know, yeah. back working in the day. Working on his career. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're going to Melbourne. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a place to stay as soon as you get there? Uh, the hostel. Oh, that's right. You got the hostel book for yeah. a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for a week. Mm. I don't know so what will happen after that first week. Mm. I might end up on a bench. Although I did tell myself if I'll end up on a bench, I'll come back home. I don't want to live in a park. I can do that in Estonia. But you're going in September. Look, it's always... What am I thinking? It's always hot in Australia. You'll be fine. Nah. I mean, because you're coming into the summer. Remember, yeah. we're opposites. Yeah. 
yeah, I know. I'm a bit worried about that because your summer is actually hot. Yeah. Yeah. Although I've lived in Spain, so, and that was hot. Although I feel like Australia is hotter. No. I don't know. It's pretty hot, fucking hot in Spain as well. I don't it know. Everyone's hot with the global warming these days. Oh, yeah, that is true. Yeah. So, okay. So, you, but anyway, you can live outside or not. So, you're going to go there and just see what's up. I like that. You're yeah. just going to go to Melbourne. Yeah. Try to get a fucking job somewhere. Work yeah. it out. That's yeah. good. Yeah. We have a big, um, we have much more of a share house culture. Okay. In Australia. Okay, cool. Which I don't think, I don't see very much. I see some people in Estonia like living together in a place. Yeah. But do you mean share culture like uh, in an apartment or like in a house? Both. Both. Okay. Can, can be depend. Probably. I mean, in Melbourne, it's probably going to be an apartment mm-hmm. probably just mm-hmm. because that's in a city living. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I went to university in Newcastle, so pretty smallish. Wait, you have also Newcastle? I know. Wow. The British were not inventive. No. They didn't know. Like, at least they didn't call it fucking New Newcastle. That would have been the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So everything is named after. It's either named after... The names are either a British explorer, Mm -hmm. an Aboriginal word, Mm. or a place that was already in England, probably with new put on Mm -hmm. the front of it. Like Mm -hmm. the state... New South Wales. Yeah. Right? Literally called because they thought these dumb fucks thought it looked like South Wales. What the fuck? Well, and maybe it was when they landed, it looked like South, South Wales. Wales. That's very specific. Not Ma- North we Wales, don't know, West Wales. We don't, know, we don't know how actual South Wales looks like know, or looked like at the time. It's weird that it's not more of a pilgrimage for Australians to what? go to South Wales. Yeah. And go, it's home. Yeah, exactly. But older. yeah exactly it's not new west wales no new east wales new south wales yeah like victoria queen victoria Mm -hmm. queensland okay pretty obvious yeah right yeah okay south australia western australia sydney i don't remember where sydney comes melbourne was a melbourne was a a royal Mm -hmm. somehow melbourne was a name of a royal i don't know where sydney came from brisbane i don't know but Mm -hmm. then you've got all the aboriginal names like woolamaloo Ooh. Wollongong and Dungog. No. Oh. If they've got a lot of vowels, it's probably an Aboriginal name. Cool. Which is also like the the British settlers. Yeah. Not, they're like me mm-hmm. listening to Estonian word and mm-hmm. then trying to write it down and go, I will call this place Tere or something like. Amazing. But I write it wrong, like it'd be T-A-R-E-E-R-A or something, yeah. right? Yeah. Like that's, they didn't quite interpret it. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, by the way, talking about Aboriginal people mm-hmm. uh, in Australia, I when I was uh, looking at the um, look even at the festival, the Melbourne Comedy Festival, like they have a separate section for Aboriginal comedy. Is that like a thing in Australia or? Um, first thing is just to as you're leaving Estonia, yeah, we're gonna need to be more racially sensitive. Okay, sorry. It's fine. We all enjoy it here. It's fine. The PC police are on us. You would say indigenous in Australia. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, indigenous. Sorry. Yeah. You get away with it. You're fine to say Aboriginal. That's still respectful. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's not an offensive yeah. word to use. But if you say, well, the Aboriginal comedy these days that completely, completely correct PC okay. would be indigenous. Okay, indigenous. Yeah. So, sorry. of course, um, we've completely fucked them over. No, mm-hmm. we were absolutely t- coming from old cookie met baby yeah. landing on there going, hey, there's no one here besides these dumb black guys. Hey. Mm-hmm. And then that was pretty much the British policy for the next 100 years. Yeah. Um, 
So they're pretty disadvantaged in our society. Mm-hmm. And of course, they still that. And so there's a lot of stuff to you know, programs and, mm-hmm. and different things uh, to uh, help them yeah. and, and help them up. So yeah, that, that could be a thing, like a, a scholarship or a program or mm-hmm. something. So Indigenous comedy. Mm-hmm. We had a, a Indigenous Australian comedian. He's on the wall. Uh, Craig Hill. Oh, cool. Who came? Oh, Craig. Oh, fucking Craig. Hill. I know. Do I'm, I'm missing. I'm, I'm mixing up Beck Hill and Craig. Craig Quartermain. Craig Quartermain from Western Australia. He's an cool. Indigenous Australian. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, he won. I think he won Royal Comedy. Did really? He? Or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I only watched like last year's Raw Comedy. I don't know who won before. Uh, it's. I mean, it's been going for a million years. Mm-hmm. Raw Comedy. So, um, right. So India. So okay. So you saw like a category for Indigenous. Yeah. Australians, did yeah. you? All right. Yeah. That's why I asked. Here's a tip. Don't don't try to enter in blackface. I'm because I'm the kind of person who would do that. It's not gonna go down well. Really? Really? <laughs> you think? Uh oh crap. Mm. It's cake time. So awesome. Okay. Mm. Do you have any more do you have any questions about Australia? Can I help you answer? You know, you've you've told you've said that a couple of times. Like, do I have any questions mm. about Australia? Do I want to I'm ask? To help. I'm like, a yeah, exactly. But I don't, I don't really know what to ask about Australia right now because I'm sort of, I know I'm going there next week, but I'm still like, mm, but I mean, it's next week. <laughs> it's good. I like that. I like going somewhere and not thinking it through. Yeah, I mean, I know that everything will be fine. Is it gonna be fine? Yeah, because every other place I've gone to has been fine. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah. right, share houses. Mm-hmm. Um, much stronger culture of share houses mm-hmm. in Australia. So mm-hmm. if you're going, it's much more common that as soon as you get eighteen or you're ready to go, yeah, then you might move out into a share house, mm-hmm. and it's um like three of you get together and take the lease on an apartment Mm -hmm. and you know you all live there and then one person has to go so you find another person Mm -hmm. and one moves out the other one comes in Mm -hmm. and if it's such a place like it can go on for years like this yeah to the point where like the original people are not there anymore Mm. and the share house lives on and on cool and you're like who owns the couch and no one knows who owns the couch or the tv anymore but when you say shared house Mm. Uh, to me, it's just like uh, it means that oh, people just decided to rent an apartment together, but there's only like one person's name on the lease or or on the contract. Or it can, it can or be everyone both. has like you a, can have own... everyone on there. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. have all three or whatever mm-hmm. on the lease. You can have joint names in the lease, and mm-hmm. then if someone comes in, you might want to do that if um you're a bit worried. Maybe if you don't know each other, mm-hmm. then maybe you're a bit worried. So you put all so you're all equal on the lease. So if someone yeah does some crazy shit then they're liable yeah um or it can just be one person's on lease mm-hmm. you probably have to own up to the real estate i mean they're gonna work it out oh like i'm 20 and i'm renting an apartment right it's a share house. yeah i'm just hoping that i won't end up like with a serial killer like that's the only oh yeah because that's the other part i mean one is mostly when i lived in share houses it was with friends mm-hmm. so we got together or i moved into a friend's share house yeah. i don't know if i ever maybe once i lived in a room it's like my friend's older brother's girlfriend or something mm-hmm. and she had a room mm-hmm. and I stayed there but you know, she was cool and that wasn't like a massive problem but I don't think I ever really moved into a random share house mm. so it's a thing so that's my point so that's mm-hmm. usually it's a very much more typical way that we live and I loved it mm-hmm. that's why I like Daniel staying with me it's great 
It's like we're living in a share house. I've got a 23-year-old living with me. Oh, yeah. I can convince myself that we're 23-year-olds living in a share house mm-hmm. one more time. Yep. Socks are everywhere. Yep. The salt is left in the fridge. You know. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask why. I, do, I can't figure out, Anna, why. No. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's good. Like, I like it because mm-hmm. you you meet people. You have these adventures. Yeah. Like, you're always like, what are we going to do? Hey, let's just go out to the pub or let's go do something. Like, yeah. you've always got the people around the share house to do something. Well, to be fair, I've always shared a home with someone. Like, I've always had uh, roommates. Uh, I've never lived by myself mm. as a grown-up. I actually know once in a dorm, like, in a, I was alone in a room, but still I had... Other people we share the 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 kitchen with and the bathroom and everything, so I don't even know what it's like to be without someone. Okay, yeah. you're very used to that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so to me, I'm very easygoing. Uh, the only thing that pisses me off is that when people don't clean after themselves, like if they use some plates and they don't clean them, right? I mean, you don't have to do it right away, but like, you know, when you leave them for like a day or two, it's already like, come on. And yeah, instead of good. yeah, instead of cleaning the the plates that you've used, you take new ones. Yeah, so that's you know that's um, that's probably the only thing. Yeah. Okay. It's good to set that that down, like mm-hmm. set those rules down. Oh, I'm not gonna set them down because I'm the you know passive aggressive Estonian <laughs> where I'll be just looking at those plates like. <sighs> yeah, that's all. My secret to living with Daniel is like he's fine, right? Yeah. It's not, I don't think it's, Daniel is in no way bad. No, let me take that statement back. That <laughs> statement is clearly wrong. <laughs> um, no, I understand that I'm the crazy one here. Okay. Like I'm crazy too much clean. I'm crazy organizer mm-hmm. as this job being this project manager, mm-hmm. this bunch of weirdos over 10 years has mm-hmm. led me to be. So if he just, he'll stack the plates up nicely, yeah. no problems. And then I'll put them in the dishwasher. Okay. And I'm very happy to do that. Like, if I understand it's, I'm the weirdo, Mm -hmm. so therefore the job is on me Mm -hmm. to make sure that that space is clean the way Mm -hmm. that I need it and not project that Mm -hmm. upon him, Mm -hmm. things are very smooth. Okay. Like, he's doing what I expect. I don't know. I think Mm -hmm. think it just works. I think it's all right. No, it's all fine. Wow. So you never had to sit him down and be like, listen, so these are the house rules. You stack up the plates and I put them in the dishwasher. No, no, no I haven't. No, because it's like I haven't lived with anyone for years. Mm. No girlfriend, no mm-hmm. share house, mm-hmm. no nothing. Mm-hmm. So I'm like trying to be good. Okay. Like it would be shitty if like I invited someone. Hey, man, you know, of course you can crash in my house for a while. And they'd be like, no, no. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, that sugar has got to me. I know, right? Oh. Although I'm feeling pretty good because you had the whole piece of the, the chocolate cake. I didn't really There's eat that one. There's only slightly more of yours left. Like, you've got uh, slightly more. Still, you still, you had the Nutella one too, so. Oh, like one bit of nah, Nutella. I don't know. Nah, I don't know. Mm. Man, you're a manipulative woman. <laughs> <laughs> See what you're doing with the cake. It's not at all that I haven't had sugar in about a week and I fucking love the sugar right now. Okay. Mm. I didn't know that you haven't had sugar in like a Oh maybe I haven't. No, I oh, I had a um had a Sunday from McDonald's last night. Wow. Because um we came we had the show in Tartu mm-hmm. and then uh I was driving about twenty minutes down the road to get home and then I get a call from Raulno, and mm-hmm. he said that Henrik's car's broken down. I am. And they're at the uh, Lorna Keskus McDonald's. Mm-hmm. So I drove back, mm-hmm. and I'm like, 
if I'm here at Lorna Kestis McDonald's, I kind of have to have a Sunday. Well, there you go. Having a Sunday. Wait, a Sunday at McDonald's because I don't really get anything sweet from McDonald's. I mean, usually I get a burger there. Mm. Uh, is it like a like an ice cream? Yeah, it's the it's the soft serve ice cream <gasps> with a Ooh. chocolate sauce. Oh, I love the McDonald's hot. soft ice cream. Oh, it's so good. So good. Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, and now you had this cake. Cakes. Oh, it's good. And tonight, um, oh yeah, tonight we've got the open mic. Yes, we do. I think I'm not, I don't think I'm going to perform, but you're going to perform, are you? Yeah, I hope so. Nice. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've pre I've prepared. Hmm. Have you got a, is it a um, new set or what are you working on this time? No, it's the same, the one about the dick. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Actually, what I wanted to tell you before, because of that set, I was thinking more about what actually it feels like for guys. Okay. to you know have physically physically to, to have, have a a, to have a dick and also like what you know you have to do with it and all the complications concerning it you know what have you been coming up with tell me like because it's just you know a natural part of what i do you mean what dealing uh, with this little wiener here <laughs> well you know uh like well in that set i talk about uh men who masturbate publicly and actually uh the way i did it before i thought that uh, oh, okay i'm gonna like it's gonna sound as if uh as if they just want to be and you know masturbating but actually it is a problem in the head for some people that they need a public to you know get off and uh and now i've changed the set a little bit also in uh in Kapeka, I realized that I was maybe a bit too aggressive towards that one guy who was in the front row who I asked the question from because they left. Well, first of all, if you leave, oh, come on. Like, first of all, dude, really? <laughs> really, bro? A female comedian <laughs> asked you a question about your dick and you were so traumatized by the experience well, that you had to leave the show. I just, I feel, I feel like it, it wasn't even just because uh, it was a question about the dick. I think anyone who would have asked any question from him, it would have maybe spooked him off. I don't know. I don't know. Bro, come I on. It's a show. Like, and we don't know. Maybe this dude we just don't, yeah, we had don't stuff know. to do. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. If, yeah. In the hypothetical world where there is a gentleman in the front row who was confronted by you asking questions about the dick i'd be like come on yeah like no i must sit here and not be nah or maybe his girlfriend wanted to leave i don't know mm. I, I oh, mean that bitch on stage is talking to my man <laughs> although her. although i did you know talk to her a little bit too mm. because i've done that once where i was talking to this guy and uh I made a comment about my butt or something. And then, uh, like I said, uh, yeah, I have a good butt or something. And then he said, yeah, I can see. And then his girlfriend was sitting right next to him. <laughs> and she was so mad at me. And and I realized that only after I had asked that uh, or said that, uh, oh, my God, that's his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. So now I always ask if I see a guy and a girl sitting together. Oh, permission together. to do that. Yeah, that's yeah. Polite. That's yeah, the exactly. woman's code. Yeah, um, to answer your question, though, no, I don't think you were too hard on that guy at all. Okay. Like, what? What? So, what's it like to have a dick? That's funny, bro. Like, oh, yeah. that's. I don't think you're too hard. Like, go for that. If anything, I think that um, English show is getting wilder every month, almost. Yeah. yeah. Certainly with the level of uh, like topics yeah. that we approach mm -hmm. and the unpeaciness <laughs> of the yeah. whole event. 
Yep. Um, it's getting wilder. So I don't. I, I would say maybe you have a harder time if it's a more reserved crowd. Well, maybe. In general, and there's some shy little Estonian boy sitting in the front. Maybe. And he's having a nice night out. But this is the fucking English night at Copy Car. This shit's bananas. Yeah, but also I wanted to do that set because so many male comedians talk about their dicks. And I just mm. thought, okay, I'll talk about it too. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I mean, I don't have it, but, you know, I'll talk about it. And we do. Yeah, I know. We always... It's funny because... Well, actually, no. Well, I mean, some female comedians maybe talk about vaginas and stuff. I guess. Mm. I don't know. I have no idea what it's like to have a pair of boobs. Mm. I mean, beyond men boobs, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough in the big city. It is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> so I guess we're fascinated. Mm-hmm. No, I go for it. Um, what was I going to ask? The, um, I mean, it's one thing to have uh, the girlfriend of an audience member yeah. and she, you know, oh, you talk to my man or something yeah. like that. And that's kind of funny, kind of not. But how how real is it? Like as a female stand-up comedian, mm-hmm. how is it really woman-on-woman judgment? Because mm. we hear a lot. Like there's two sides to that which mm-hmm. I don't quite get as a guy. Mm-hmm. One is the support for women, mm-hmm. which I do see. Yes, uh, we're bringing some female, like they're happy to see female comedians mm-hmm. on the stage. They're very supportive of someone like Fern Brady. That's you know, like, yeah. they're really behind that. But then I do see a bit of judgment and I've heard it happening as well. Like yeah. what's the balance between that? There is a definitely enthusiasm to see women or yeah. is that judgment, that stereotype of women judging women more harshly? Is that true? I don't even know because I look at the whole thing differently since I do stand up myself. Um, I don't know. For me, sometimes if I, I don't even, like my friends, for them, they are very, very supportive when they hear that there is a female comedian going on stage. Mm. But if the female comedian is too maybe aggressive or like attacking men or something. Uh, I noticed that sometimes maybe even women are not supporting that. Um, okay. So you can have a, a comedian who's not, not doing good material, right? Material you don't like or something, let's say. Oh yeah. Uh, women then, if there's a man and a woman at equal level of shittiness, yeah. at equal level of, I don't like this. Yeah. Do you think that the women not like the woman more? I don't even think that it's just women not liking a woman. I feel like then everyone will be like, oh, yeah, she's not funny because, you know, women are not funny. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like uh, female. Okay. Once again, it's only my opinion. And, you know, <laughs> hashtag don't kill me. Uh, but I feel like for female comedians, if a female female comedian sucks, then it's sort of uh, like a uh, she's not sort of forgiven that easily or i feel like male comedian if he sucks then uh people are still like oh but you know he'll have it the next time but with a female comedian i feel like it's just you know oh no a woman on stage she's not funny why is she trying okay that judgment that pressure so you feel a little pressure to overcome that stereotype well i don't feel it because i I don't see uh when i go on stage like from the crowd i don't think that they think of me or, or oh she's not funny because she's a woman or anything like that 
or at least I like to think that they don't think that. <laughs> it's a good way to think. Think that. Yeah, think exactly. That. Yeah, that. I just I know that if people don't laugh, it's because either I was rushing or gen like my joke wasn't funny, and I mean maybe I I wasn't pronouncing my words correctly or something like. I just, you know. You seem like happily oblivious. Yeah, to I am. These other social and gender-based well, kind of feelings. I mean, it's probably good. You don't want to be like. You know, so oh, these bitches in the audience are talking to you. Are judging well, no, me or something. I never like I never look at female uh, audience like that. To me, every woman in the audience feel like they're supporting me. Like even if they don't look like they're supporting me, to me, it's like we are all sisters. And uh, and I mean, even guys. Like okay, when I do get like a good job from a guy, and uh, who was in the audience, I do feel like okay. <laughs> something like oh what's funny but at the same time if a girl says like i liked your set i'm also very you know grateful impressed all those lovely words okay so if a man and a woman okay well that's nice that you're not so sensitive well no because you see uh, when i look at the audience and maybe because i worked as a tour guide i don't know i see them as i never think of them as the enemy or anything like that i always think that okay we're gonna have this fun experience well maybe not so fun for them but fun for me and if we connect that's gonna be awesome if not then i'm just not their comedian or they just don't like what i talk about so it's fine I do have to admit that last summer I was trying to do comedy more maybe for other comedians and not the the people in the audience. And what how would you describe comedy for other comedians more? Well, I was thinking more on the technical side like uh okay, what I what am I doing? Am I using the the rule of the three or whatever or like is the structure uh, correct uh, and, or like good and uh, also the swearing thing, like how am I using that and uh, the topics and um, I was trying to be maybe a little bit like them too. You're getting quite technical. Yeah. And you, what, it's easier for you if you step back from being technical and just yeah. focus on being in the flow. And Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just, uh, just you know, uh, going on stage and, uh, and okay, so I still do that where I try to remember uh, what I've written down, but usually I forget. <laughs> And then on stage something happens and I'm like, okay, cool, that's that's a good one. So and then I go on the next time and I remember that maybe, hopefully. Are you recording your sets? Yeah. Okay, that's good. Oh, we've also got Oleg's film footage yeah. all yeah. the time. But uh, I usually listen to my own recording, although it's sometimes painful. But I do it. But every time I listen to the recording, it's actually not as bad as I thought it was. Yeah. I don't think it is. I hate listening to myself, mm. but I've been trying more and more. I did a, a voiceover recording earlier today um, for an ad or something. Mm -hmm. So I go to the studio and mm -hmm. I read the text and yeah, we've got to listen back to my voice and <laughs> because I'm amongst adults in a proper professional circumstance, yeah. like I'd be like, no, I don't <laughs> want to hear it. <laughs> you just got to be like, huh, yes, well, huh, I could probably read that in a different way. <laughs> but uh, I'm getting, I guess I'm getting better at it slowly. Well, yeah, I mean... You know I, what it helped? It helped me when actually my set was quite funny. Uh -huh. When actually I enjoyed my set, then yeah. I didn't mind listening back to it. I'm like, oh, these jokes are funny. Yeah, but even then I feel like, okay, uh, maybe something could have been different. 
I don't know. Sometimes right now the I, I like the material that I'm doing. Like I really enjoy going on stage and talking about the things, and I'm excited to get it out. Uh, last summer I wasn't so excited. Hmm. Stand up is more enjoyable when you know you've got something in your pocket. When you know you've genuinely got. Like I've enjoyed the last two months when I've had this set about Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Like I know I've got some really good jokes to tell, mm-hmm. and I know I can work that and build from that. Mm-hmm. Where now I'm trying to build up a new ten minutes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like piecing together bits and pieces. I'm trying to tell this story about going to the school, but I don't really know where mm-hmm. I'm going with it and <laughs> trying to do a couple of other bits in the middle there. And I haven't quite got, yeah, and I don't feel as confident yeah. to go up yet because I know I can't, yeah. Yeah, well. What uh, changed you? So originally you were, you said last summer you were do, w- focusing more on com- comedy, comedy and for comedians, which is yeah. like the technicals because yeah. we love getting between each other. Yeah. And breaking it down mm-hmm. word by word, line by line. Yeah. The rule of three, flow, all these kind of very yeah. technical parts of it. But then, was it, did you identify that you weren't having fun with that? Or how did you? I don't know. Maybe, maybe because I was taking it way too seriously. Uh, I don't know. Uh, because uh, I am the kind of person that if I'm interested in something, I just like. I start reading about it and I'm like doing it like, oh my God, I have to do everything in order to, you know, get it right because I want to be good right away. And uh, at one point I realized that you're not going to get good just like that. Like it takes years before you'll be complete, like not even completely comfortable on stage, but still uh, comfortable with what you're talking about and like it's not gonna be oh in one summer I'll be just you know fucking amazing and going on stage like doing all the physical stuff which I don't do still so I don't know if I ever will and talking about you know coming up with stuff right on the spot or whatever although you don't like yeah people still prepare no matter how good they are or how long they have been doing it yeah, yeah. well bits and pieces like you can have I think you can I think you should prepare to sort of know what you want to say but then also yeah. prepare that you could go off track. Yeah, and so I think that unless if you, if you are an experienced comedian, yes, okay, you can go on stage, start riffing, yeah. talk to the audience, make something yeah. about that. But the other way you can do it is to say, okay, I've got this material, and then I'm going to talk through it, mm-hmm. and then maybe go off track for it, yeah, maybe go off the line. But when I'm finally done, then I can come back to the script yeah. that I had prepared, and yeah. then you've always got that life that lifesaver. Yeah. But that's the thing with me is that uh, I ta- I start talking to people in the audience and then I talk to them for too long and then uh, when I try to come back, I'm like, oh, fuck it, let's continue. Mm. <laughs> and uh, sometimes uh, I'm not happy because I didn't do my material the way I prepared it. But also last summer, why I was so intense because I was trying to prove to other comedians that, oh, I can do this. Although, you know, you should never, well, maybe, maybe you should, I don't know, but you doing comedy for like the back of the room is, you know, if it's for you, great. But I realized that to, for me, it was just too intense. It is, I mean, there is a certain thrill out of doing a joke that the audience doesn't really get, but mm-hmm. the comedians love. Yeah. Because you're like, these people know the comedy yeah. and they're really funny people and yeah. I just made them laugh. Yeah. And I do like it. Uh, I like when it happens at Comedy Estonia shows because I think it adds something to the show because then the, co- the audience are like, well, we didn't get this, but those guys got it. What? Yeah. Now, obviously, that can't go on forever and yeah. it can't always be like that. But when 
yeah, I, I think it adds intrigue and then the audience goes, maybe that wasn't a bomb. Maybe that wasn't... Maybe this is something... And, you know, you can... Uh, and in that way, the comedians can almost sometimes save a performance because they can laugh along. I think that happened to me last week when I was hosting at Uskoik mm-hmm. and they've got, it was all the 18 year old kids in the audience yeah. who don't laugh at nothing mm-hmm. unless, until Roger comes out and then wags his beautiful blonde hair around. Then they laugh, but it's difficult and not to blame the audience at all, of course, but it's difficult to maybe connect with them or to get them going. Or I do think that, uh, the 18 year olds that are in the audience often are a bit like you're fucking 18. You're you're self conscious about everything in your oh, life. Yeah. Hormones are pumping through your body. There's a, a hot chick sitting next to you, or there's a guy over there who looks mm-hmm. cute. You you're going out. You're all kinds of nervous about all things in life. I don't. I'm not trying to say like an 18 year old should be chill. So, but how mm-hmm. to relate to that and how to bring them out and how to get them going. And I was just sitting on the chair just talking. Yeah. You know, doing that hosty talky thing that I do. Yeah. And they weren't laughing at me at all. But when mm-hmm. the comedian started laughing just a couple of times, yeah. it gave me hope. Okay. It was nice. Okay. Like I didn't need them to keep doing it. We didn't have to go forever. But a couple yeah. of times I was sitting there talking and the comedians laughed and no one else did. And I went, <laughs> all right, like it's going to be fine. And yeah. that calmed me. I don't know. I feel like uh, also uh, relating to the audience, that's something that I'm not maybe doing that much anymore. I'm just going on stage and talking about what I want to talk about. And then if they laugh, they laugh. And because I realize that I don't know what people like or don't like Like, I don't know. I'm weird. I cannot relate to people. Like What the human beings like. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, I've lived in my bubble for almost <laughs> 10 years. I've been in the academic world for a long time. I don't know what people like. And uh, I just decided then, fuck it. Then I'll just uh, talk about whatever I talk about. And if they will relate and like it, then great. <laughs> when you said that you you were doing your bits... And you've got some some script or some, some yeah. material made out. And then you go to the audience. Yeah. And then you talk with them for a bit. And the yeah. first thing is, I mean, how long to talk, how long to keep that conversation going is definitely a very tricky balance yeah. in stand-up. It's like, I've, okay, I've asked you a question. Second question. Yeah. Third question. How deep am I going to dig yeah. this hole trying yeah. to dig myself <laughs> yeah. out and get yeah. a laugh, right? Yeah. And at what stage do I parachute eject out of this because this is going nowhere it's very hard to know that right and it takes a certain and i don't know that because i can go on the metaphor it takes the balls to know how far are we gonna go down with that but if you have one of the um other parts of that is that if you have got a little bit of interaction with the audience Mm -hmm. you're talking maybe there's a line coming back there's a little bit of interaction Crowd work and interaction is always electric. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's electric in a way because we all know this is not scripted. Mm -hmm. Even this, if even if baiting this guy to give that answer and say that reply and does that is something you've done before. If you're doing it right, it comes across as electric, and it can often be then very difficult to reset and go back to your material. Yeah, and that's maybe to think about that: how to reset yourself. Because yeah. I think what's happening is you're going to the audience, you're getting electricity, yeah. you're getting that, and then you're going, oh, now I'm just saying those lines from my script again. <laughs> and you feel a bit awkward and then work on that transition yeah. somehow. Or yeah. at least be conscious of it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's something to work on. Because that's what 
that's what I saw in uh, where was it? We were in New York mm-hmm. when Ari when Ari did uh, one show at Caroline's on Broadway, mm-hmm. and it was this early show, like a seven o'clock show, and it was like a new faces show, like newer comedians. Mm-hmm. And Ari went second to last, and he was great. He was fooling around, and he was mm-hmm. feeling good, and he was. I wouldn't say he was necessarily doing crowd work, but he was yeah. very electric yeah. on stage. And he had that buzzing and that charisma and yeah. all of that. And then the final comedian who was going to close was just doing material. Oh. And I think it was a woman, but irrelevant. She just couldn't follow him. Mm-hmm. Like you just can't, if you've got someone who's so electric and in the moment, and yeah. with him, even if the jokes are not that great, you connect with that. Yeah. And the headliner wasn't, or whatever, the closer was not doing well mm-hmm. by just saying that because... While Ari was happy to be in York, he's this is the first time or whatever, he's yeah. doing a show there, he's on Caroline's, this is the greatest thing he's doing. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are all doing their regular sets. Mm. These are the same sets that we've done. Even we know a couple of those comedians, we know that bloke's been doing that fucking material. Mm-hmm. A few of them, I could watch them and go, you are better than this material. Oh, Like you, I can see the material, I can yeah. see what you do, I can see your writing, even if I don't know them. Yeah. I'm like, you are better than this delivery. You can do more than this, but they're not. They're doing the, I don't know, 17th gig of the week and that doesn't mm. excite them. And then Ari comes up there and jumps up and down and mm-hmm. does his little Eastern European mm-hmm. accent and it's impossible to follow. Yeah. So that, yeah, electricity counts for a lot. But it's like, uh, I think it was Carl who said in the workshop that... In the States, the comedians, if they have their, like, 10 minutes or 15 minutes, uh, they start doing that in the clubs and they don't write as much as in Estonia because usually at open mics in Estonia, you have the same people uh, coming uh, to the same places. So you need to have new material every month because otherwise they will already know what you've been talking about. Yeah, and that's less than it used to be. Mm. I mean, back in the day... Uh, when we just had like three open mic venues and mm-hmm. we had a much smaller audience and they were sticking to those venues, those first hardcore fans who were yeah. coming to see this weird thing. Um, I almost yeah. was that, that <laughs> fan. I remember when I was studying in Tartu, I saw the sign for Comedy Estonia and I think I was 20. That was like in 2010. And I was so scared to actually go inside and go to one of your shows. Wow. Even just to go and listen. Not even to perform, but just to listen. I, I didn't go because my friend said she's not going to go with me. So I didn't. But I remember from that time. What was like, scary about it? Well, how did you? What was the perception of it then? I think that maybe because I knew that at stand-up, usually uh, comedians talk to people in the audience and uh, I was scared of that happening. <laughs> and uh, also at the time, I was just like weird. I didn't want to go alone to places. Like I wouldn't even go to the movies by myself back then, mm. which I do now because, you know, I'm almost 30. So Strong. Yeah, I know. Glad that you've graduated finally at 30. Good. Mm-hmm. To expand on Carl's point. So Carl was saying, is yeah. I, to, if I understand what you're doing, Carl was saying that in America the, or in larger markets, the comedian will get their 10 minutes, their 15 minutes, and yeah. just do that. Yeah, because there are people, there are more people, uh, and the audience is always different every night. So it's not the same people going to the same venue like we have in Estonia. So they can do the same material because there are just so many people they that, you know. Sure. What? And, yeah. And another reason that they do that is because they get their best 10 or their best 15 minutes. That's their killer that they believe. Mm-hmm. And then it's like they say, I've got to be showcasing. I mean, mm-hmm. I've got to be doing great mm-hmm. in case 
the bookers in the audience, yeah. the potential managers in the audience, someone influential. I they there's a in their mindset, they're like, I've got my best ten, yeah. and I need to be doing my best ten minutes all the time. So, so if someone sees me, they're gonna see me doing my top shit. Mm-hmm. I can't fuck around that much. I can't like at these shows. Mm-hmm. And what I saw watching Ari that night is I saw comedians like that one guy. I'm like, you can do better than this. Yeah. I could feel you can do better than this, but he's doing what he thinks is his best 10 mm-hmm. because they think that, okay, I'm on Caroline's. I've got to do that. Um, and it occurred to me, I'm like, well, wait, I'm not even that much of a great comedy manager and I can see through this. Yeah. Like I can watch Ari. And Ari was maybe objectively, maybe if you weren't line by line, joke for joke, Ari was not doing the strongest, most written jokes. Maybe yeah. someone there had a more clever punchline than him, right? Mm-hmm. But he had that electricity in the moment. And I can fucking see that. Like if you're a manager or a booker or anyone to do with comedy, yeah. you see comedy all day long. I can see when a comedian is good. They don't need to be pulling off their best material mm-hmm. all the time for me to see what the fuck's going on with this comedian. Mm-hmm. And this is where I think that this is the problem with they're always showcasing their best 10 minutes mm. because they're getting um, stale at it. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing the same 10. Mm-hmm. I'm never improving. I'm never really stepping out of those boundaries. I'm never improvising around yeah. it or being put into a difficult situation which makes me dance, monkey dance. Yeah. And I think that they should. I think that they're... They should take the risk because if they are good and if that booker or that manager is worth anything, they will be able to see through that. Well, there you go. It's my deep thoughts. Yeah, the maybe day. they will hear that one day and maybe. be like, that guy from Australia. Just God. keep trying. Yeah, don't have to always do your best shit to prove that you're a good comedian. There you go. There you go. <sighs> Tell those people who will be listening to this and will want to get into the comedy business. <laughs> um, how do we get um, to this topic? I how, don't do we, know. how do we do this? I don't know. I don't know. What do we do about women in comedy, right? I want to have more women in comedy. That's uh. great. It's a good thing. But I, I also understand that as I look around the world, yeah. it's a slow progress everywhere mm-hmm. and we're typical estonians we're trying to be we're oh, why isn't it happening to us now why aren't mm-hmm. we doing more and i've spoken to a bunch of managers and some you know important people about this and they're like you guys are doing all right you mm-hmm. know all things considered now that's mm-hmm. not good enough but all things considered um because it, it, with stand-up comedy we can't just promote someone up the ranks yeah. unless they're actually good mm-hmm. right they actually that's it Mm-hmm. At best, it's going to be even worse for them mm-hmm. because they're going to be shit and no one's well, yeah, going to like be it. a bit awkward. <laughs> yeah. So it takes time. Yeah. It's like when we discussed it the first time uh, with uh, Caleb and uh, Renar when we went out that night. Look, I'm going to admit to you and I remember a lot about that. Night. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> great. Because we've actually had this conversation already. Yeah. We can have it again. That's why we're having yeah, it yeah, no, 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 no. Welcome know, know. to the world of entertainment, <laughs> Olga. We say things we've already said because it's a podcast. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, well, uh I, quite honestly, since, you know, I'm such a great ambassador for all women and female comedians in Estonia, uh, it's, yeah, it's going to take time, mm. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. What do the other comedians think about it? The male comedians in comedy Estonia? I don't know. 
I think we all kind of feel the same. We we understand it's a bit of a boys' club. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily want it to be a boys' club, mm-hmm. but we're not quite sure how. We're a bunch of boys, not quite sure how to not be a boys' club. Yeah, you see, yeah, because you also have this, like, especially with the core group, you have like a boy band, mm. and uh, yeah, coming in as a female. Well, they are friends, so it's, it's you're not gonna just you know get in there. Any and any person, any, any, any person. person, yeah, it doesn't have to be even a female, yeah, it's just right. like any person, yeah. And that's um, always a balance when you've got any group of people. How to yeah. even if you view comedy Estonia as a whole, yeah, right, it's something that I've thought about over the years. How to make a group that can still be inclusive and welcome people, mm-hmm. but there is value then in also having some exclusivity. Yeah, not completely. You still have to have. Like, not just any dickhead can come in. Yeah. And then maybe that's our thing that, okay, well, you at least, if you're not, you got to be doing comedy and you got to at least be, maybe you're not doing great comedy, but you should be trying. <laughs> and you're trying, you know, that's the, yeah. the threshold. That's enough of not just any idiot can just rock along because they think they want to get attention yeah. on stage. So that balance. So, and I understand that balance. Yeah, well, the whole group is hard. I mean, my personal um, advice to any female comedian would be to just, you know, uh, just, you know, don't care about the bullshit that happens uh, off stage. Just go on stage and do your thing, and that's it. If you want to do it, just do it. Yeah. I like it. Do you think? Um, I mean, does it help to when when women see women on stage? Is that an encouraging thing? I mean, does that help maybe, break it down? Maybe. Maybe I remember when I went to see comedy Estonia's first open mic was at Burning actually. It was when I signed up to do uh, my first open mic. I don't know if you know this story. I actually, I signed up and then I wrote Merili after that open mic. And I said, I'm not ready. I need to prepare. Can I do it like some other day? And then she gave other dates to me. And then she said that if I will say uh, that I'm not going to do it the second time, then I'm not going to get on stage ever. (laughs) Dang! (laughs) And then I was like, okay, okay, okay. Dang, Marilee's a savage. (laughs) And then I went on for the first time at VMC. And I didn't know that that was like a, well, they're not a tough crowd, but you know, still like, people might say tough for it's not easy right you gotta have easy. some experience some appreciation yeah. of the audience but how to work it how exactly to do it. Yeah. but since i was so oblivious to what was happening at vmc i just went on like you know like nothing is happening and then i remember my sister was in the crowd and i remember she because i practiced at home she knew what i was gonna talk about and i could see and then i could hear her laughing and i was like god damn it woman you you need to calm down because i cannot finish it if you'll be laughing like i started laughing too uh but um i don't even remember what was the Your question. first time doing comedy in vmc you were oblivious you were just getting up there and yeah going i was just i did it and uh and uh people laughed and uh, it was great and then i did it again i bombed and that was great because i realized that okay and it's not gonna be awesome all the time you gotta you know actually work and and then I started writing more. Although, you know, uh, the whole writing thing is not so stable. You know, you write, someday you write like one joke, the other day you write like for half a, for an hour and a half, and then, you know. How do you write? Do you just sit down with a blank bit of paper? Or how does it come out of? Usually in my computer or on my phone. Lately more on my phone before I go to sleep. I write something down. 
Yeah, because now I work and, <laughs> and I don't have time maybe during the day or I'm too tired. So before I go to bed, I feel like my brain is just calm and I can write. Okay, that's when you're laying there. Yeah. Those thoughts are still bouncing through your head and it gets it out. Yeah, but quite honestly, I don't know what I'm going to be talking about tomorrow. Like, I I don't know. Because I already did the set that I'm going to do today at Uxkrik, so uh, we'll see. Yeah, that is, a, that is a little bit of a tough one at Uxkrik because um, uh, now it's now it's once a week. Yeah. That show. Yeah. I was, I was having this conversation with somebody else because they were asking me as well, like, how to deal with... So our general rule with Comedy Estonia is try not to do exactly the same set in the same venue. Yeah. Um, because if someone's coming to multiple venues, then maybe, well, you know, because we need to practice yeah. too. And if someone's coming to multiple venues, then maybe, hey, man, maybe you understand that that's what open mic is all about. Maybe yeah. then you learn. And I don't really think anyone's complained for a long time or had any thoughts about, oh, I always hear the same stuff. Like, yeah. Um, on the other hand, the balance for that, I think, is that the open mics are there for comedians, actually, number one. Mm -hmm. So if you want to rework it, add a joke, try it in a different way, like as long mm -hmm. as you're just not like doing it line for line, oh, no, no. wrote, just no. phoning it in, then I yeah. think that it's all right. And I think that even more, now that it's once a week at Uxkoik, mm -hmm. I think that, again, that balance is there. Like if someone, think about this, so... You're like, well, I did it last time at Uxquake. I can't do it again. Mm -hmm. Like, what? who the fuck is coming to Uxquake every week? Oh, maybe there aren't people. Every <laughs> week. And then on top of all of that, yeah. saying, oh, I've heard that material before. I don't want to hear it again. Oh, yeah. Like, you, I, my conjecture is that if you come to Uxquake every week, you're a comedy fan. Well, that is true. You know what's up but and how comedy works. Imagine if you make them laugh with the same set mm. like every week in Uxquake. Then you're like, oh, okay, I'm awesome. Right. Okay, <laughs> if you can hear the same joke again and make them hear Although again. Although I've rewritten the set. Like right now, I'm really excited for tonight because I've added something about Rakvara. And I'm like, oh, I got I, yeah, I got that Rakvara joke. I'm so proud of it. <laughs> So I'm excited. I mean, I don't even care if people won't laugh about the whole other uh, part of the other parts of the set, but that Rakura one, I'm, oh, <laughs> oh, so good. Not to brag, but you know, so good. That's good. When you're feeling good, you're feeling good. I'm feeling good. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, try yeah. it again. Like if you if you're working it, that's what the mics are for. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't just put on four Uxquakes a month just so you can come up with four new sets a month. Well, that is true. Yeah, but I appreciate it. it's still a bit of a. Like, to me, all these 18-year-old kids all look the same. I wouldn't know if they're different people in the audience or not. You're all young and perfect. <laughs> I can't tell. Well, yeah, we'll see tomorrow. Maybe I'll recognize someone. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, well, you've heard this before, so... Fuck you, free show. Enjoy. As we say back in the day. <laughs> well, no, I mean, maybe they will laugh again. Who yeah, knows? I think they will. Um, revisiting... Women in comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, you, no, 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 no. No need to apologize. Uh oh, oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, Hella. Hella's coming. Hella's, Hella's, yeah. uh, Hellarine's here in the studio. Yeah. She's gonna set up the Botic open mic tonight. She's <gasps> gonna get the material. It's all good. We've only got the camera. It's all right. We can see you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Ciao. We uh, record. We're still recording these podcasts in the Comedy Estonia office because we haven't yet got a proper studio. To we're trying to find a place. If you have a cheap space 
<laughs> we want to come and make a studio there uh, anywhere. I was talking to the guys actually out at the Copley, at the Pohela Te House. Oh. Uh, maybe they've got a space. Or, well, I feel like they have a lot of space. Lot of space I mean, they have there. a lot of old furniture that stands there from the Soviet days. So I, I feel it. like... Feel like they have space. So we would we need a studio. We yeah. for this podcast. I mean, Carl and Ardo. Yeah. Uh, Soyad's going to do yeah. video when we oh. finally get a room. So they're super motivated for that. Uh, Roger and Dan, those mm-hmm. guys need a dedicated space too. So we're trying to put together some money, mm-hmm. see how we can like. Because then you still got to mm-hmm. pay rent and shit, right? And mm-hmm. pay rent and stuff. So we're trying to get a space. Um, right. Okay, another way to think about women in comedy. Right, Miss yes. Miss Ambassador. I wish yes. you had dip. If only you had diplomatic immunity somehow know, from right? your amb- ambassador I status. I know. <laughs> Is that the the one of the best ways that I've seen that a comedian can get better? Yeah. Is that when they decide I'm going to be a motherfucking comedian? Yeah. When they're like, this is what I'm going to do. I know I want to be a comedian. Mm-hmm. This is they go balls in. And that's what Rena did recently, right? Yeah. With no hope of, you know, he's not like really p- pinging his fortunes on much else. Yeah. Right now, he's like, for now, I'm really going to be a comedian. Yeah. And I think that's an important step. Yeah. When, when a comedian, a young comedian says, this is what I want to do. I'm going to try to make a go of this. Maybe even one day make the money from it. I know it's going to be a hard slog, but yeah. I want to make this the career. So then I start wondering, well, why doesn't, why wouldn't then, if that, if that is it, why wouldn't a woman see stand-up as a career? That's a good question. Because for me at first, because I knew from like the, I think the first open mic, I knew that, okay, fuck, I have a problem because I think I want to do this. <laughs> And and then it took time for me to actually admit to myself and then to my family mm-hmm. that, okay, I feel like I'm going to try this. I'm going to do this. And then when I was in Netherlands, when I actually did open mics there and then one in Germany, I realized that, oh, I can actually do stand up outside of Estonia. Oh, that's pretty cool. And uh, and I realized that, uh, yeah, it's not that impossible. You can actually do this. I mean, I don't know if I'll have any income from it in, in the future, but I hope I will. Uh, but I can do other jobs. And also, for me, like, yeah, I know that stand-up will always be in my life. Even if I won't be, like, a professional or anything, like, I will still be doing it. And uh, since I had life before stand-up, I know that I will always have a backup plan that I can always go, like I can do, I'm not saying that I can work in some, I don't know, like some office somewhere, uh, but I'm not scared to go and work some job that maybe some people would say that, oh no, I'm not going to do that. I mean, you can always work somewhere, so it's fine. And uh, I don't know why women, maybe for women, because I don't know. For some women, maybe the whole family aspect uh, and that, uh, you know, they have a family or they want to have a family and stand up and family doesn't really go together. Not so much. No. And uh, also the stability, maybe they want a stable work or maybe it, they think that in Estonia, it's not possible to actually have a uh, stand up uh, being a comedian. They don't see it as a job. They see it as a hobby. And that's why they just, you know, go in, go out. And um, they don't want to do it. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know why for guys it's sort of 
easier to just mm. say that, oh, yeah, I'm going to be doing stand-up. Right. Oh. Because even... Well, it's good to have the backup. That's definitely... Yeah. I mean, yeah. I always had that. I have my degree in computer science. I can always yeah. go do something else. I think as much as uh, many artists go like, okay, I've got the backup, I, I think rarely do they go back to that. Well, yeah, that... Oh. I think rarely does... If you make the commitment and go, I'm going to dive all in, if anything in life, but I've always got my backup... Mm-hmm. I think rarely do we end up going to the backup. Yeah, yeah, but it's still good to have oh, that in your head. Like, oh, you oh should. yeah, and you should I can. have that backup. Yeah, like that's what I was uh, speaking to those kids in the school the other day, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, I like going to the school. Sander also goes to schools mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, like legally, not just showing up <laughs> and shit. <laughs> um, like we're invited to schools. We don't just like hang around like Carl does, right? <laughs> and uh, like, because he wants to talk to them about like it's okay to fail. Yeah. And like, because, you know, he was a civil engineer and then a chef and now he's being a comedian. Yeah. But it's okay to fail and it's okay to do that. And um, we both talk about that, like, not everyone in Estonia has to be a startup guru. Yeah. Not everyone is the startup CEO getting the funding and all that kind of shit. Um, And I wanted to talk to them about the balance in my life that I think if they want to be an artist, like, first of all, you don't need a startup guy. You can be an artist. Maybe it's a rapper, a writer, a photographer a comedian, uh, any kind of other thing, right? I talk about an artistic career, talk about how there's no promises, talk about how you got to hustle yourself, talk about how you're not going to get any money for years. So why the fuck would you do this? Because you have to. Yeah. Because something just burns inside of you saying that I need to write that verse, make that song, take that photo. It's all I want to fucking do. Well, for me, even stand-up, uh, sometimes it's just a form of therapy. Like, yeah. I'm going through something, and I write about it. I write a joke. I, I start laughing myself, and I'm like, yeah, I want to go talk about it. Yeah, it's cool. And then, yeah, the whole thing with connecting with people while you're on stage, which is awesome. Mm. But the thing is also, we measure success in uh, like in money. Like you, you, I feel like a lot of people think that, oh, if you make a lot of money, then you're successful. But what are you going to get out of it? Like when I, every job that I've had, well, I've known that I'm not maybe like when I wa- was working, uh, I had an office job. I knew that it's not, not I'm, I cannot do it forever. I'm going to go crazy at one point uh, that I need something else. Mm. And maybe even with studying, I never took it that seriously because I always thought like, yeah, I can do it, but it's not going to take me anywhere or like I never thought that i will actually use my education for anything. so you're a bit lost for a while like you're doing yeah. this study but you know it's not really but yeah. is it because of a, i mean is it a social program that tells you you got to do that yeah, well in our family <laughs> well no, no no it's 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 pretty much yeah what uh, the society tells you that you finish school and then you go to university that's pretty much what we do in estonia and uh i like when i finished my bachelor um because i didn't finish school that w- i mean i was almost a straight a student but i didn't do that well uh, on my exams because uh, i felt the pressure and i kind of failed and uh, then i had to pay for my first year of studies in bachelor and uh, then i got a, a free spot but then when i went to master i did it only because i didn't want to get a job because i was scared and then i thought oh, okay fuck it i'll go study 
I did that for a year. I did uh, the extra year, which we called uh, honors, but you might mm. know, like a year. I don't know if you, is masters a year or is it more than a year? Two, two. Okay, so we had one year called honors, and I mm-hmm. did it because I wasn't ready to leave yet. Mm. And it was like, hey, one year. Hey, it doesn't matter. It wasn't even two. No. And then after a year, I was like, fuck this place. Yeah. Okay, I'm out of here. I got that extra one. Right, which is the balance that I was trying to talk to the kids about. That if those kids came to me and like when they're about to leave at the end of the final year. And they said, I really want to be an artist. Yeah. I would want to probably talk it through with them, but be like, yes, you should try this. Try this right now. Yeah, but the, also the thing, I'm so sorry that I'm uh, like not letting you finish, uh, you know, like Kanye. <laughs> but, but the thing is about being an artist, which I don't think a lot of people understand that there's a lot of work that goes into it. It's not just you just become an artist or like you just uh, uh, like... Even vlogging, for instance, people say, oh, I want to be a YouTube vlogger, but it's not that easy. It takes a lot of work to do that. They work really hard. Exactly. But I feel like a lot of people don't understand how hard those people work. And the same with stand-up. I feel like some people take it, like think that it's so easy, but it's not. Right. It's all a lot of work. It's yeah. all So you're all going to have to put that in, so you may yeah. as well. Also sacrifices. You will have to sacrifice certain things, like, uh, like you know, you want to hang out with your friends or your family, but... You won't be able to do that maybe in the gigs. future. Yeah. Well, gigs, you know, those who have gigs, <laughs> those who just, you know, just go to open mics. <laughs> but what I can't, what I wasn't able to like balance off with the kids mm-hmm. was that while I'm like, yeah, I'm Lewis and I'm an artist and I essentially am, even though there's a business here as well. Yeah. And, you know, we, you don't know where your money's going to come from and you got to keep working it and you got to try and, but you, something burns, so you have to do it. But on the other hand, yeah. I have a master's of computer science. Mm. I use that to earn money for a bunch of years. Yeah. I, you might argue, am still earning money mm-hmm. from that because mm-hmm. now I host all these business and IT conferences. Mm-hmm. And since I have that technical background, I think I can do that job a lot better than an average, like no one, right? Mm-hmm. So that is still paying off today. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a dichotomy and I think it's a balance that I don't quite know the direct... There's not just one advice for every person because as much as I didn't... I wouldn't say I wasn't super into the six years where I was like studying Mm. and then working for a couple of years. Like, no, I understood later this wasn't my passion. But God damn it, that shit's still paying off for me years later. So... The, it's not a backup. You know what I mean? Like I would have been studying back then. I wouldn't also wouldn't tell a young fucking 18 year old, no, don't do your art at all. Just go and study for yeah. the next four years. Put that on a hold. Like mm-hmm. there's some balance in the middle. Maybe you want to be a rapper. Cool. Go study some music yeah. or go study something yeah. and just keep it simmering in there in the background. Yeah. Because... Yeah, that still is helping. It's not a, 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 what you because it's also not always so black and white. Like, yeah. yeah, where you're going. Well, if the comedy blows up in an explosion <laughs> and amongst the remnants of life, and things get blown away, and that will never, ever, ever happen again, and I mm-hmm. am destroyed as a human being, mm-hmm. then I guess I can go back to an office job. <laughs> After all that is finally done, I will go back. Once I am sure that I do not want to do that artistic thing anymore, I will go back to an office job. And I don't think it's like that. I think the what you call is the backup plan is something that can just 
chug along in the background. Yeah, yeah. You do a little stuff here, you do a little work there. Maybe it gives you a little bit of extra. Maybe you've studied some business and that helps you out in your career. You study a little bit of accounting, who'd have thought? Mm -hmm. Now you're better with a spreadsheet when you come to do the stuff later on. You know, Excel even, which is far more than most artists that I've met, (laughs) even at that level. So I think backup plans are not so black and white. Yeah, definitely. Because I say I have a backup or I say that, oh, yeah, I can go back to that, but I don't want to. Yeah. But I understand that right now I need to have like in Australia, I will be working somewhere in a cafe probably or, you know, wherever they will take me in a karaoke bar, maybe. Mm-hmm. We don't uh, <laughs> not sure how many karaoke bars there are in Melbourne. I checked. There are like at least four. Really? Four? Yeah. Okay. In all of yeah. Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I can go there and be like, people, I can sing <laughs> all <laughs> night all. long. <laughs> I have met Finnish people. I know how to make karaoke. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. It's so weird what the Japanese and the Finnish have in common. They both love karaoke. Yeah. No country around Finland loves karaoke. Sweden, no. Russia, mm. not so much. Estonia, not so much. Finland fucking loves Well, it. yeah, Finland takes it to another level. Loves it. Yeah. But I think it's fine if you go to, to Australia and you work in a cafe. Yeah, sure. First of all, there's... Yeah, it's normal. Like, it's... Yeah. Like, and then you're going to be hitting mics, I'm sure. Yeah. With very quickly, you're going to be signing up. You know what? Yeah. You may even find that uh, what... Sander was saying on the other podcast in all of his arrogant glory, which I love, <laughs> which is when we went to Edinburgh, we worked out, we work way fucking harder than most comedians. Mm-hmm. Like we work lots. Like, yes, this is very nice right now, mm-hmm. but we also put in way more effort than most comedians do to the effort, the setup, the timing, the thought process, the planning, the whole thing. Well, I'm and not then, amazed. Estonians, come on. Estonians, right. Yeah. And the debate was... Is there something inherently great about us mm-hmm. or is it that because we had this free open market, we just, and with the Estonian startup attitude, yeah. we went, okay, we can do it. Where if you're just a mica in London, you don't think that you're anything. Mm-hmm. You don't think that there's possibility. Now, no doubt we have been propelled forward, you know, could being the front runners, we've been propelled forward, but we couldn't decide you know, is it just the circumstance that makes us good? Are we inherently good mm-hmm. or what it is? But I think you may take some of that attitude over to Melbourne. Oh, I mean, definitely. Ari certainly did. Ari, with his magnetism in his personality, yeah. sort of found, you know, his own group around him who really wanted to be comedians and really wanted to work. And mm-hmm. he did that first, uh, he put on his own theater show. Really? That, uh, yeah, the, the last night they promoted it up to, but the last night before he left oh. was a 350-seat theater show, wow. Ari Mati Mustanen, uh, Imported Goods. Oh. And no other local Vancouver comedian mm-hmm. had done such a thing. They were all like, I go to Mike's, I do shows, I wait for someone to call me. Yeah, exactly. I They're do. waiting for someone. Yeah. Right. But I feel like in Estonia, we have that attitude that, oh, we can do it ourselves. Why should we wait for someone else to help us? Because I, like, it's not only in stand-up. I've seen it in other areas, too, that people are like that in Estonia. I think so. I think that's what the Finnish don't have. Yeah, exactly. Coming back to our point before about what's the difference. Yeah. So that's what you can impart to them. Yeah. That's what you can give to them. Some of that good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that when you go, you're going to get into it. And you're going to have this 
like enthusiasm for it and this fresh attitude. And they're going to oh, be like, yeah. you know, you can be like, of course we can do things. <laughs> what are you talking about? And with my bossy attitude, mm. I'll be like, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. And then be like, who is this Russian woman coming yeah. on and telling us I'll what to like, do? I'll be like, Estonian Russian for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll um, see how it will go. Yeah. Go along, find some mics. Yeah. Yeah. Are you goddamn sick of everyone you meet telling you that you're going to find a man in Australia? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every person is like, oh, at least you'll find a husband there. Or, <laughs> you know, you'll definitely find a man. Or my friend, she went to a party and she found herself a man there and stayed there for like God knows how many years. And, uh, you know, now they're married and we have two children. Like, like it's a one-way street between yeah. Estonia and Australia. Yeah, and pretty no much. No yeah. woman ever returns. I have a friend, actually, who returned without a boyfriend. Ooh. And now she went back. So, who knows? Looking for another one or something. <laughs> that must be almost as weird as when I say I didn't come here for a woman. Yeah. Like, with the look of confusion and semi-disgust. Yeah. On yeah. The, like, what? You didn't come here? What? Yeah, you came what? here because, you know, of Estonia? You like, but, but you didn't for the... But you don't like them? Are you gay? <laughs> Is it? Very much, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know that many Australians. I don't know if you are all there, like, so perfect <laughs> that every woman just will fall for you guys there. Um, oh, Olga's going over there with a high standards. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I have no standards. What are we talking about? <laughs> but no, uh, I don't... <laughs> I never really think that oh i'll go somewhere and i'll definitely find myself a boyfriend there because i don't have that i don't want like i'm not looking for a boy like that's not you know you're lesbian no <laughs> i'm just weird <laughs> i'm just weird yeah no it's because uh, also people say that because and uh, the other thing is that people say that oh i say i'm going there for a year and they're like yeah right you're saying for the second year, for sure. And I just don't like that people tell me what's going to happen. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Why are you telling me what's going to happen? Let's see. Okay. Sure. It sets some And then I'll say for the second year and I'll find myself <laughs> a man. And I'll be like, yeah, you guys were right. But at least it'll be your choice. To exactly. Do it. it will be yeah. my choice. <laughs> don't the, isn't the, the rules of the visa different for the second year? Yeah. Well, uh, you have to just do the farm work for three months or go to the north and do work in the tourism or hospitality for three months. Oh, shit. Yeah. You're going to have to go north. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't there like a city called Darwin? That's in the, the very north. Yeah. That's a very tough And actually, capital. they have stand up there too. Oh, I shit. Checked. I bet they do. Yeah. 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 Okay. Darwin. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, I want you, you know. to go to Darwin so much. Really? <laughs> I want you to be around those bogans so really? bad. Is it, is it like cream are of they Australia. that special? Oh, oh, more special than you can imagine. <laughs> okay, great. More special. Eyes, <laughs> you go and love. Great. Show us your tits. Oh, great. Yeah, great, oh, great, great. Right into it. Those boys are going to love you. But you know, it's going to be a good practice how to deal with hecklers and stuff, you sure. know? Yeah. Yeah. That could be good. It would be nice up there, but you'll get like real Australians, like Great. real salt of Really the earth. authentic. Very authentic. Mm. None of those Melbourne poses mm -hmm. with their scarves and their lattes and mm -hmm. flat whites in mm -hmm. Melbourne going to their theatre or whatever the fuck. <laughs> no. There's there's no theatre in Bris in fucking Darwin or Brisbane either. Like there's <laughs> no one's going to the theatre. 
up okay. there. No okay. one's no, I, no no one's going to the theater above Sydney. Uh, like draw a line. Okay. Actually, it could even be go a line down the coast from you could draw it around Sydney and down to Melbourne yeah. and wrap it around. They're the only people in Australia that would ever think possibly about going to a theater. Isn't there like a film school or something in Perth? Or like a acting? Was there, one in Perth? there might be one in Perth. But it's that's always, film. That's it's always theater. another country. It's 3,000 kilometers away. That is true though. It's but you know, north. I feel like then I should be uh, above that line uh, that is like the part that doesn't go to theater. Mm. I feel like those are my people. There are people up there. <laughs> yeah. I'll like, be like, yeah. my people, hi. <laughs> that's why we don't have theater because it's nice outside. We don't <laughs> yeah. need to hide for yeah. most of the year. Yeah. Like, man, I'm yeah. not going fucking inside. I'm going outside for a beer down the pub. Outside theater? No, we don't. Mm. I'm trying to think when would we watch maybe some stand up like mm-hmm. a few times I've been able to get my parents some tickets maybe like Dylan Moran mm-hmm. or Bill Bailey is in Newcastle because mm. I know his manager he's a real great mm. guy Neil cool. so I've been able to like hook up my parents mm-hmm. it's like the one thing I can do for them from here <laughs> uh, get them some tickets to the local show in Newcastle but we're not really maybe the monster trucks you know like monster go to the- trucks you mean those that crash into each other no that's the demolition derby which is oh. also fantastic, might I okay. add. I remember okay. going to that as a kid. Okay. But the monster trucks are the ones with the huge wheels. Uh-huh. Like the big one. The yeah. trucks that are raised up. And then they the, the grave digger yeah. and it crushes cars. Oh, it does crush. But okay. like it's not a dem- demolition. But it goes like above. Above them, yeah. Uh, like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Oh, monster trucks. Isn't yeah. that like an American thing? Oh, we love it too. Oh, okay. Oh, I, remember, I went to the monster trucks as a kid. It was the greatest fucking wow. thing. And the trucks got flames coming out of it. Oh, wow. This culture. Oh, wow. So I'm getting excited. Um, a bit scared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, wow. Maybe it's good you land in Melbourne first. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I am a bit more cultural than I thought. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're the queen of fucking culture compared <laughs> oh, to those bogans. Like, absolutely. Great. You're queen of England. Oh, wow. Compared to what you're about to roll into. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> you're painting such a great picture of all those Australian people. Oh, no, no, no. Look. No intelligence, lots of enthusiasm though. I love enthusiasm. Lots though. of enthusiasm, a lot of energy, good heart, zero culture. I love a good heart. You know, I've always loved a good heart more than culture. Okay. Yeah. You're going to like it in Australia. Though. Great. <laughs> then those are my people. Oh my God, maybe I won't come back. Oh crap. Oh crap. Just to prove those people wrong, you're going to get back on a plane here. Fuck you guys. I did come back. Fuck you. Exactly. And then I'll leave in a month. <laughs> No, we'll see. We'll see. You find some way through. Who knows? Exactly. You don't know. You yeah. don't know what other options you have. Maybe maybe you go, screw these bogans. I'm going to where they're nice. And you end up in New Zealand. <gasps> New Zealand I do know. have a plan for my 30th, 30th birthday. Ooh, what's that? <laughs> this is going to be nerdy, but whatever. I'm planning on going to the Hobbits in in New Zealand. Okay. Oh, yes. As soon as I'll get a job in Australia, mm-hmm. I'll buy my ticket to the Hobbiton. Well, I mean to... Wait, is Auckland in the Northern Island? I don't know. Okay, one of those, one <laughs> of those cities. Uh, I'll buy a ticket there. Mm-hmm. And then there is a tour, a day trip that goes from that city to the Hobbiton. And then I'm going to book that one too. Because, you know, you got to prepare... Those are probably very popular. <laughs> so that's my plan. What I'm doing on my birthday. Of course, assuming that they will give me a day off from work. 
or by that time I will have a different job because I cannot work in one place for more than six months. Oh, the visa thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, they do that to stop yeah. you freeloading yeah. foreigners coming to our country and taking all the good cafe jobs. Mm. Yeah, mm. taking the barista job, making mm. my flat white. Yeah. Bogans don't want to do that. No, mm. good on you. Good on you for bringing us good coffee. <laughs> If you make them a good coffee in Melbourne, they'll love you forever. They love okay, good great. coffee. Yeah. Great, great, great. No pressure then. No pressure. Just three hours. New Zealand is just three hours away. Just great. three hours away. Great, great, great. That's pretty easy. Yeah. I didn't check out uh, the stand-up scene in New Zealand. I don't know how that's going over there. Who do we know who's New Zealand? Oh, Al Pitcher. You probably don't remember Al Pitcher, the, the New Zealand guy that lives in Sweden. He's from... New Zealand guy's from New Zealand. Did you mm. know that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lewis is really saying intelligent things. (laughs) Uh, Wow. Okay, great. Uh, We'll check that out then. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, we'll see. Who knows? Maybe I'll come back from Australia and then I'll go to some other country. Oh, yeah. you have. What are the countries that Estonians can get the working holiday visa for? Uh, Well, Australia, then Canada. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think you can get one in New Zealand, but those go like in 10 minutes. Oh, they have a quota or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't even know how it is with Canada. Do they have a quota or not? Because I remember like back in the day, they had a quota, I think. I mean, they let Ari in, so Christ. But how did he get it? Was he was Working sitting holiday at, visa, yeah. But he did just fill in the application or was he you know, waiting? I don't know. Mm. I don't know that. So, but I know it's Australia, Canada. Is there a limit in Australia as well on how many no. you get the work? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. You guys accept everyone. <laughs> yeah and i loved how in the application in the visa application there were questions like have you ever participated in some uh terrorist uh group or whatever of course you're gonna say no yeah. no and you're gonna be like yeah i was young you know <laughs> i fell in love and then i ended up in this group i didn't know that they were gonna blow up stuff have you heard of the brides of isis yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know one summer <laughs> <laughs> yep uh, but yeah, it, it, th- that's also one of the reasons why I'm going to Australia because it was so easy to get a visa there. Mm-hmm, okay. We yeah. let them all in. Well, that's also how I was able to stay in Europe for so long mm. because even though it's all the Schengen around the EU, yeah. right? They're all in the passport free zone. Yeah. Uh, we are still eligible for a different working holiday visa really? in each country. Wow. And then I understood that all I needed was the working holiday visa from one country. Uh-huh. And then I could just stay in any country. Cool. So I've had Sweden, Finland, Estonia, Germany, and Great Britain working holiday visas wow. in my time over the course of 13 years. Wow. To like keep me going. Yeah. Um, which is the nice, the flip side of that. So wait, the, the countries are, we think New Zealand, Australia, Canada. Yeah. Isn't there something else that no one wants to go to? Or is that it? I think that's Just three? It, I don't know quite honestly what the other countries It would have to be a place no one wants to go to because no one, you never hear about anybody going there. I don't even know. I don't know. I just know that those three are definitely the ones that you can... Must be somewhere not sunny. Probably because you don't hear us talking about it. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I don't know. No one seems to know what that is. I thought it was four for some reason. Yeah, well, you know, we'll see. I mean, maybe I'll go to, I don't know, Amsterdam or something. (laughs) It was fun. I feel like going back to Amsterdam for a weekend. Oh. Amsterdam is fun. (laughs) 
I was talking to Sander last night and he's like, yeah, you know, he, uh, he earned a bit of money recently, he saved up a little bit mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, you know, maybe in a couple weekends time, uh, I'm going to go back to Amsterdam. Yeah. And, uh, and I looked at him and said, have you ever thought about going to another city besides Amsterdam? <laughs> And then we paused, and then we paused, and then we broke out in laughter. <laughs> of course not. But, I mean, there are really, really cute and beautiful places in the Netherlands, but I assume Amsterdam has something that those other places might not have so much of. Legal culture. Exactly. So much legal culture. So much legal culture. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, Amsterdam, I also like the vibe there. Like there are so many people and yet there are places where there aren't that many people and then you can cycle everywhere. And I stayed actually in an all-female hostel, uh, which was really, really fun. Yeah, it was cool. How was that? Well, you know, we had like the sisterhood going on. We had the romantic movie nights. Or not romantic, I'm sorry, movie nights, but we watched romantic comedies. How much of a fucking stereotype are you guys? Like, come on. Yeah, yeah, we are. Like when we watched Dirty Dancing, oh. It was so awesome to be singing along to those songs from that movie with all the other girls. Mm. Wow. Because if you said there was an all-male hostel, I'm like, fuck that place. Really? You won't go? No. Why? Sausage fest. Okay. Sausage hostel. No, thank you. Okay. It's half the reason you stay in hostels, so you can chat up the cute girls in the hostel. Yeah, I don't see the appeal. Because usually I don't want to chat up the guys in the hostels. No. Well, maybe we do. I mean, when, when... we were first in Europe in 2006. That's mm. all we... I mean, I was 26. Mm. Younger than I am today. Mm. And that's... We were just fresh Australian boys in Europe and that's all we wanted to do was talk to girls in hostels. But I mean, it is a good uh, way how to find people to like go to places with or to, you know... If you don't know anything about the town or the city, then hostel is the place where I suggest people, you know, go because you will find friends. Even for one day, you will find someone who you can hang out with and you won't feel alone. I guess it could be like that, for example, right now at Red Emperor's yeah. downtown. You go to yeah. the Reds because like, that's like, otherwise you can't just show up at a hostel. Otherwise, it's a bit weird. But Reds kind of has yeah. like a bar. Yeah. So you can show up at their bar yeah. and, you know. Yeah. And also, I mean, all sorts of tours, like free tours are good places where to go to if you want to meet people. Mm. Yeah. This is Olga's advice for yeah, because, people out there. Yeah, because that's what I did. I don't remember which city I was in. Maybe Budapest. And then I went to the free tour and then I met people. And then we were like, oh, yeah, cool. Let's hang out. And then we hang out, hung out. Should we wrap it up and head down? Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. How, oh, my God. Is it seven? It's seven o'clock. Let's how go. long have we been talking about? <laughs> We've been talking for uh, two hours, over two hours, about two hours now. Oh, wow. Could just talk and talk and talk. I know, talk. right? Oh it's like, oh my God, they're like, dancing. uh, yeah, they're dancing. I mean, Patrick's lazy. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So, we're going to do the open mic tonight. We're going to go down to Botic in Bot- Copley. I was there on the weekend for the Copley Fest. Have you ever gone there when they uh, have the the fresh pies and things there? No. Oh yeah. What are they like? What is it like a bakery or? A yeah, or yeah. They have a. They open up a bakery. I don't remember. Is it on Saturday or on Sunday? But those are just amazing things that they serve. Like, oh my god! Like, sirs, and their coffee is good. <laughs> so you know, I would check it out. Nice. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Uh, let's. let's do it. We're going to head down there to the open mic. Thanks yeah. for... Also, got to use the toilet. True. You could have a break anytime. You didn't have to be holding I didn't know that. I mean, just, I thought... I'm like, sorry. I mean, I grew up at a... Like, 
I mean, come on. You know, Estonian people or Russian people, whoever, we're really, you know, polite and... No, you can't. Now now you're bringing in any reason, anything you can't justify in your own life. Yeah, like, yeah. you know Estonian slash Russian slash <laughs> people from the Nordics? You know how we all are. We're just like that. We can't pee at regular intervals. You know, people like, from Rakura, like from a small yeah. town, we're just really polite. Like anything you'll hold on to to justify. Yeah, pretty uh, much. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, you can pee. All right, let's go do it. Um, yeah, thank you very much uh, for listening again to our podcast. Thank you, Olga, for thank coming you, along. Thank you, uh, If you're listening... If I haven't told you the million times already, uh, I'm sorry if you've heard this. We have more English comedy shows coming up. Yeah. We've got John McCombs next week uh, cool. already. Holy shit, that's already happening next week. Uh, and then... <laughs> You're in, like me when I discovered I'm going to Australia next, next week. Next <laughs> week. Ah, and then in end of October, we have Fern Brady uh, Ooh, yeah. as well. That's going to oh, be yeah. sweet. So we'll do it. All right. Well, Olga, thank you very much for coming along. Thank you for having me. All right. Ciao. Ciao.